because I've been going over the podcast. Now, do you listen to the podcast? No. Okay. Well, you and everybody else. But it's kind of a funny thing when you listen to the podcast and you see some things that we say a lot. Like that you don't realize when you're just talking. But when you listen back to it, it's like, oh, we say these certain phrases a lot. Like, I think we had to have say had to have said, if you like blank, then you'll love blank. Oh, really? <laughs> like we say we, we said that so much because we were doing recommendations. Right. So, you know, we're just we we're trying to get it across. But, you know, yeah. it's almost like a catchphrase at this point. Well, geez, we'll keep it, trying to keep going. Oh, I don't think so. OK. And we know about you and saying like you well, like to that's... say like. It's not my fault. That's a lot of people, though. That that affects a lot of people. Uh, anyway, this is episode three of uh, The Stagler. Episode three, no idea what the subtitle is. You know, but we don't know. So isn't that exciting for you to know what this episode is called? Wow. That's That's got to be that's got to be something special. Uh, I'm Justin, and I'm here with my, my co-host, Nick. Say hi, Nick. Hello. All right. Thanks. And... Uh, what have you been doing this week, Nick? What's been up? Well, I've been preparing rig- rigorous hours of um, watching TV. Mm. Tough work. I, it's backbreaking. It's so hard. You're a real hero. Um, Tom Hanks movies. That's all I've been doing to prepare for this podcast. I've only been watching Tom Hanks movies. And yeah. That's I have literally not seen anything else other than a movie with Tom Hanks that in it. And why aren't you going to talk about these Tom Hanks movies right now? Because if you listen to last week's podcast, you know that this week we're talking about Tom Hanks movies in the spotlight. The so spotlight. we'll get to them later. Don't worry. You want to hear my takes on Road to Perdition? Oh, you can stay tuned. You want to hear my takes on uh, what was it called? Sully? None but the Lonely Heart. Ooh. I don't know what that is. Exactly. And I bet a lot of people listening don't either. Um, Well, I had a busy week. I, I watched quite a bit. Good. I've been keeping up with Battlestar Galactica. I'm like halfway through season two. It kind of took a backseat this fortnight. Um, but, you know, still like it. I'm still into it. You know, Good. I'm, I'm still in there. I'm still eager to see where that goes. Cool, cool. Uh, either last episode or the episode before, maybe both, I don't know. But at some point, I talked about the Clone Wars animated series final season that, you know, I've heard coming out. that it is these last, like, two episodes or something have been, like, really, really right. good. Right. I said in an earlier episode that, you know, these Clone Wars episodes were just a fun little offshoot. You know, they didn't... No. These last four episodes, these are the ones that you need to see. They they do add another layer to the story um, here because you get a lot of new stuff with Maul, which yes, is always really cool to see. Um, because I, it's not really spoiler, but the part where the episode just ended, uh, the newest episode and the final episode, they come out on Fridays. But I'm pretty sure the final episode is coming on out May the fourth. On May the fourth, yes. Because uh, you know, uh, you, you know, know Spock's you know. famous catchphrase, "May right. the fourth be with you." Absolutely. So uh, that's exciting. And the last episode ended when uh, he, you know, he goes execute order 66 <laughs> and that you know that's where the episode uh ends right after that so uh it's very exciting to see what this last episode's gonna be it's good it's really good there's money into it you can really see the money uh i've been really enjoying it i can't wait for the last episode i will catch up i've seen like the first three episodes right of the final season but i will catch up now i watched three other things i watched uh one that most people are probably going to be familiar with right now 
is a, a new movie, brand new, from HBO. It's Bad Education with Hugh Jackman and Allison Janney that came out this past fortnight. Okay. And you didn't you didn't see this one? Well, you just said that. No. All right. Well, I didn't. it's a story about a guy, Tassone, uh played by Hugh Jackman, who uh, is kind of a kind of a weirdo, kind of a little bit of a weirdo. He's a superintendent of schools, I believe. And uh, it's basically this whole scandal of uh, like embezzling money from a school, you know, and it's this this breakout case of like how it got found out. It got found out actually from a student reporter at the school who kind of broke the story. And it's a very interesting movie. Hugh Jackman's performance is very good. He it is a really great, powerful performance from him. Okay. I'm seeing a lot of positive stuff about this movie. I would have to say that I don't agree with all of the positivity it's getting. Okay. I think Hugh Jackman is so good. I think he rises above what this movie like deserves. Gotcha. Which is really that's really harsh. <laughs> but I really do think he he is so good and the writing and the development of of his character, you know, uh doesn't do it justice. I don't think he gets enough to work with. I mean, there's a lot of great scenes. The accelerate scene, if you know what I'm talking about, you know, is a great little like breaking point almost for his character, you know, so you see the cracks in his in his personality. And uh Allison Janey, uh she's in this barely. <laughs> I mean, she's in like the first third, she kind of disappears, and I understand why from like the movie's perspective of like the story because obviously it's a real story she kind of just you know fucked off but i don't know i wanted more of her but yeah because she's a great actress though yeah exactly and, and she she does a good job too but overall definitely give it a watch i'm not as super in love with it as i'm seeing a lot of people are but it's definitely worth it at least for hugh jackman's performance uh he, he i think he really knocks it out of the park in this one all right Maybe I'll check that out. Maybe you'll check it out. I like you, Jackman. So, yeah. uh, next, I watched a Polish film, which is interesting. Ew, subtitles. Gross. Yeah, I I had to read subtitles, so I learned to read since last episode. Wow. And I watched right. Corpus Christi. Oh, that was yes, yes, which was last year's uh, was a nominee nominee, but sad. Well, not sadly. It's not sadly, but how win. are you supposed to compare? It, they got unlucky. <laughs> they got unlucky. They this went year. up against Parasite. That's true. It happens because it, it really was uh, quite a good film. I, I did enjoy it. It's about a guy who's a he's a juvenile, and uh, he in juvie he kind of connects with this this priest, and he's like, "Hey, I want to join the seminary. I want to become a priest." And he's like, "There's no place that's going to take you because of your record." He's really bummed about it. They send him off to a sawmill to basically work, and that's just going to be like his life, you know? Yeah. He sneaks off into town. And sits in the church and he tells a little white lie and says that, you know, he's a he's he's a priest. And it kind of the lie builds up and then he becomes this town's father, you know, mm. and uh, it kind of rolls from there and you see where it goes. And uh, the performance from the lead, I don't know how to say his name, so I'm not even going to try. Give it a shot. Come on. No. And it, it's really well mm. done also because I don't have it in front of me, <laughs> but it, it's really well done. And he he is he is quite good, and the ending of this movie is pretty challenging. I would say it it is a very challenging ending, but I I I did enjoy it. I would say go in with an open mind for the ending of this one. You know, try to try to just sit in silence or like watch the whole credits. Don't just turn it off and and go on, get on with your day. Just kind of sit with it for a bit and see how it treats you by the end. Mm. 
And so yeah, that was a Polish flick. And then I watched an Icelandic movie. What the heck is wrong with crazy? you? I, I don't Why know. Are you watching American movies? <laughs> I, don't, I just I just got overcome with uh, weird G's and C's in places they shouldn't be. So I watched A White, White Day, which is like brand new as far as I know. Okay. And this movie is a movie about grief and a guy who loses his wife in a, in a bad accident, pretty tragic accident. And uh, it is... It is a very unique movie. It is very, it's told in a kind of weird way because the actual event is basically never addressed. You kind of pick up the whole plot from like context almost. Okay. And that's why I was, I was pretty disappointed with the last act of this movie because the rest of it was so unique and so done in a way that isn't uh tropey or, you know, it's not how a mainstream movie would approach it. And then the third act kind of falls into this, like, oh, I've seen this movie before. Yeah. You know, it's, it kind of follows the same beats. And you're like, all right, I, I wish this would have kind of unfolded in a different way. But it's it's still worth a watch. I, I didn't like it quite as much as uh, Corpus Christi, but uh, worth a watch if if you're into film at all. Uh, not much else to say about it. The, the Where they are is is... The weather ranges from like literal whiteouts because it's all snow or whatever, and then beautiful green pastures and everything. It's 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 crazy. Uh, and yeah, I liked it overall. So then white, I have white day. a white white day. Then we have the thing I talked about last week that I would be doing last fortnight. Excuse me, that I would be doing this talking about this fortnight, and that was the Twin Peaks: The Return, the newest. Oh yes, Twin Peaks series. And so, if do you want to know if it was good or bad? Answer: Daily Double. It's good. <laughs> it's really, really good. Uh, you watched I, the it, all of it. I watched all of it. Okay. I specifically, literally, today, this morning, I watched the last episode right oh, wow. before I came here. Fresh. I am fresh off it. In the last episode, ooh, I didn't check the ratings, but I could understand if people were pissed off about it because that being the ending is like a gut punch. Uh, but I, I did, I mean, I'm not going to say appreciate it, but I did understand the ending. Uh, it is David Lynch just, it feels like, and I, I really don't know. I haven't looked much in the background of this cause I, I didn't want to get spoiled on anything, obviously, but it feels like this must've been a cathartic experience for David Lynch because I feel like a meta commentary kind of coming through on his own career and like the people he's worked with and you know his his life basically because this is like the end of a something from 25 years ago it's like looking back 25 years and being like what did it mean you know mm-hmm. and uh the performances from Kyle MacLachlan are he's so good in this he plays two different characters oh and they are completely different characters like you would not believe that they're the same person he does and it's not like it's makeup he's the same person but he plays two different people and it's insane what he's able to do, Ooh. you know, just with subtle facial expressions and the way that he talks. Uh, I, he really knocks it out of the park. And I, guys, I just got to tell you, episode eight, which is got a light is basically just a short film from David Lynch injected into the middle of the show. What? And I thought it was, well, it, it talks about the like the background, some lore stuff of the okay. show. It's kind of like the origin story of like the antagonist, basically. And it was so good. It was so Lynch, and he he the way that he 
does like gore and you know like how he inflicts terror you know i I think it's it's masterful uh i have nothing to say but good things if you like the original series you'll love this there's something about it that i really respect and it's the fact that it is not nostalgia bait you know it's not like oh look at this character every character ended up exactly where you want them because it's a happy ending oh look they got together because that's what you wanted that's what the fans it's not just like giving the fans what they want it's not right there's a lot of things when they want to pan uh pander to nostalgia they they just give you everything that you ever wanted but no he had a clear vision and he went with it and i i really think it paid off and i respect him for it a lot and also there's like uh people in this that i would have never expected to show up uh remember i always forget his name and i feel so bad about it because he's been in so much stuff but remember he played the billboard guy in three billboards the billboard. who, who was like oh you gotta pay three months ahead of rent uh oh I and he's in get out yeah and and he gets beat up by you know sam rockwell yes. and throughout the window i don't that know guy i know i always forget it but he was in no country for old men too and yes <laughs> like right he's in it uh amanda seyfried is in it Michael Sarah is in it. Robert Forster. You know, all these oh, people. Rest in peace. Right. And and he does a great job, too. And it's all these people that just show up out of nowhere. And I'm like, oh, that's that's very interesting. Nice. Uh, yeah. And that's all I got to say is, guys, if you like the original series, it, it's a must watch. It really is. It's a send off. I, I hope that everybody likes it as much as I do, because it really was a treat for me. Um. One more note. The yeah. final episode has a 8.8. Good. Okay. So it means most people Good. very yeah. much enjoy Because it. it's more of an epilogue episode. I mean, it's not, but it feels like an epilogue episode more than a than a, the finale, you know? Yeah, yeah. And Cheryl Lee, who I believe plays Laura Palmer, she's got a scream on her. Her scream is <laughs> so good. Good screaming. She She's a good screamer. That's like half of her lines are just like screams and it's awesome. <laughs> Good for her. And that's almost wraps up my Fortnite. But I, we oh, actually we did watch one thing oh, yeah, that, that we, we didn't did. talk about yet. And what is that since you haven't spoken in a little bit? The season finale of, of Better Call Saul. And it was so really great very exciting like we said uh last podcast very breaking bad and i feel like that's going to be the last season is going to be oh boy high intensity high risk high stakes you know uh feeling that we got from the later seasons of breaking bad as well or any season of breaking bad yeah really oh man i don't what do we say i will start with the meme that has birthed from this episode of mm. Lalo putting the window down and smiling when, like, he puts the window down yeah. and he's just there smiling. <laughs> it's very funny. <laughs> and I laughed for a long time. Uh, and Nacho. God. Nacho's done for Have you listened man. to Michael Mando's single? This is... No. He made a single. I think it's just a single, like a song, you know? Okay. And uh, what do you think, like, his music is like? Do you think it's, like, country? Do you think it's rock? It's. I don't. I don't. <laughs> it's like early Michael Jackson. 
Like really? Michael Jackson is like one of his like inspirations and I listened to it and it's pretty good. And I, it was just something that I never would have expected. Like that, like high pitched, you know, kind of music. Yeah. That's not what I was expecting at Whoa. all from him. But yeah, he, he did like an AMA on Reddit. That's where I found out about it. And he seems like a, a really cool guy. There's something that I read in that from him that I thought was very interesting where he said that uh, improvisation and stuff like that is something that they 100% try to avoid yeah, all the time. It's, all, it's the it's script. the script. They stick to it 100%. Yeah. You know? on, the, um, on the podcast, the Better Call Saul in- Insider, they always talk about the script is like holy yeah on the set of better call Saul, it's everything is the script which is crazy yeah that but that is great and that is uh good to know because that means they have a plan yes you know? <laughs> they do indeed i just it's it really boggles me just thinking ahead into season six about we see the cunning of lalo in this episode you know being caught off guard and still doing everything that he does like he's setting a, a trap and everything you know uh it, it makes it makes you wonder how he's gonna be stopped you know dude when he can act so well under stress and under pressure you know what's it gonna take to take him out i i don't know when he puts when he goes through the tunnel and mm-hmm. he circles back around and he just like puts the gun in the tunnel and, and just, just shoots, shoots down i was like dude and then the end when he's sees that his the one lady that cooks or whatever i don't remember her name right and basically his whole family that was there completely murdered ah yeah he's ready to go kick some ass and it's not it's not looking good for a lot of people because he knows nacho is definitely on his radar now right because nacho's body wasn't there so what's up with that also i thought those guys were supposed to be the best of the best come on guys uh yeah oh man they do get done goofed on they're not great. I mean, oh man. they tried their you, best. That's what, what are you, you gonna say. do? What are you gonna do? They tried their best. That's all you can ask for. I mean, they're dead now, so it doesn't matter much. But there was like five of them. Yeah, it's kind of sad, really. And then the first dude sets up a terrible shot where he's just like in the window. <laughs> yeah. And then it's just bad. And then the rest of the guys are like, "Oh, let's go get him." And then Lalo just dumps on him. All we know is that we're up. Well, we, you know, Nacho and, you know, Kim and Jimmy and Mike are up against an enemy who doesn't sleep, <laughs> you know, he doesn't. And, and is like ruthless. They he's basically a Terminator is what I'm saying. And he's and, very angry and he's he'll be very angry. He's very angry now. So season six is just that's where we're going to it's going to all happen. It has to. And then we'll get the spinoff Nacho series. Finally. Right, because he's totally not going to get shot he's in the face. Totally going to live. <laughs> it's either, I mean, either Nacho's going or Nacho's dad is going. Right, and that would be tough because I, I think it could, possibly oh, could be. His forgot dad. to mention, Nacho's dad is in Twin Peaks. What? Yeah, his his character shows up. He's like a security guard for one episode. Nice. I thought that was interesting. Good for him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, his dad is probably going to get killed by Nacho. And then, or not, not by Nacho, oh. by Lalo. <laughs> Excuse me. Right. And then either Nacho's going next, or maybe Nacho will try to get with Saul, and they'll call up the vacuum dude. Oh, and Nacho's gonna go yeah. bye bye. Maybe. I don't know. It's not good. Also, Kim. Kim. Why does it have to be? Oh, this is so upsetting. Why do they have to make such a good character? 
<laughs> and, How and dare do this, they? Yeah, and do this to us. It's unfair. Nobody, nobody saw or thought that it would be Kim that sends Jimmy right. over the edge. Down the bad choice road. Yes, to become Saul Goodman. And does it make for great television? Absolutely. Yeah. I just, we just need heart? to see yes. at what point where... Because I'm pretty sure the first thing we literally see of Saul in Breaking Bad is him like lusting over Francesca. He's like, let me take you out to dinner. And she's like, not in your life, Saul, or whatever. <laughs> He's like, one of these days. <laughs> so let's see well, Let's see him get there. Oh, dude. I'm not... I'm very excited for the next season, but I'm very scared. Right. I, Saul will be okay. We know three people that'll be okay. Mm-hmm. At least. Yeah. Well, three main people. It'll be good. I, I I have no doubt. I'm not worried. There's enough people with talent working on it that I don't think one person could destroy it. And hopefully we get to see it sooner rather than later. Probably later. But hopefully not. So next we have a segment that uh, is reserved for box office news. At least that's what we thought when we started this show. But as you know about the box office, it's non-existent. It's Zero been deleted. Dollars. And... Now, this segment is the Trolls World Tour segment. So, yes, let's take it over to Nick. What's it going on in Trolls World Tour land? Guys, I'm going to say this, and I mean this. This is like a 100% truth statement. Trolls World Tour has literally changed movies. Mm-hmm. No one who... Trolls World Tour. This movie has made almost, nearly, I'm sure by now it's passed... $100 million hmm. in rental fees. That's good. That is insane. <laughs> and the first Trolls movie made $153 million at the box office. Mm, yeah. So I'm sure, and this is, it's only been three weeks. Trolls did five months in oh, theaters gosh. the first one yeah so it's really up there so this is like totally changing everything mm-hmm. and universal who does trolls said that they're thinking about in the future possibly doing since this was so successful they would do side by side at the same time release in theaters and release on vod okay. at the same time that makes sense and i was like okay yeah i guess it makes sense but then this is when it gets crazy. The theater chain, AMC, yeah, is very, very upset about this. <laughs> okay. And like the CEO or whatever of AMC yeah. literally said that they are not going to play any Universal movies in their theaters if they do this. Any Universal any. movies at all? No Universal movies at AMC. Why would they say these things? Because they are upset, but apparently. That just... that. How does that change anything? Like, that's... They're literally just kneecapping themselves for no reason. I... Because <laughs> then what are all the people in the area with AMC theaters going to do? It's like, oh, I guess I'll just rent it. Like, what? Exactly. <laughs> You're not stopping I, anything. It's a tough look, but I think it's really funny. That Trolls World Tour is changing the way we watch movies. Yeah. And again, we'll see more movies probably go straight to video on demand, you know, instead of mm. even doing theater releases at all. Movies like Scoob. Scoob. Uh, which, you know, 
is skipping theaters and doing it, going straight on demand. I think uh, later this month in May, uh, which is weird because it is going to video on demand when I thought it would have went to HBO Max because it's Warner, which H- Warner Media owns HBO, right? And so... I don't know. Right. Well, I would think since HBO Max is starting May 27th, Yes. And this was slated to come out like the 15th in theaters. I thought they would just straight up just send it to HBO Max. But no, they're going to do the rental service instead. But uh, you'll be able to check that out later this month to rent. Probably the 20, 20 bucks to rent, you know. Scoob, give me your best uh, Shaggy impression saying Scoob, Scooby-Doo. Oh, I need like a quote though. I can't. What? Raggy? Well, that's... <laughs> I meant like a, like a Shaggy quote to like... Uh, oh, oh, Scoob, we we gotta get out of the car. And oh, you know who else is in Twin Peaks? Uh, the guy who plays Shaggy in the live action <laughs> Scooby Doo. <laughs> I'm I'm totally serious, bro. He everybody is, and he's so Peaks. good in it. He's actually really really good. Scoob, do you, do you want us? I can't. I don't know what to do. Like Scoob, like Scoob. This is totally crazy. Why is there a ghost in my car? He does that thing where his voice goes high and goes oh. Raggy? R- R- rag? Rats? Raggy? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we have embarrassed ourselves enough. That's all right. I like. Can, what's your best Daphne? Does Daphne? I don't even. What does she even sound like? I'm a girl. <laughs> there. <laughs> That's Daphne. We'll let that be there. Okay. And well, Velma and Fred don't really. I don't really. Scoob. Think. It's kind of fun to do the Shaggy voice. Shaggy and Scooby-Doo have the best voices. Yeah, they do. The rest are just basic. My glasses. I can't see without my glasses. Yeah. And and then, who's this? We should split up. Shaggy, Scoob, you go away. I'm going to stay with the two women. <laughs> Fred, man. Dude's a player. He's got a nice ass cot. The thing he ties around his neck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I do have a, a serious question for you as we move in, as we continue off from Scooby Doo. Um, do you know what Vor is? Sadly, I do. Okay, well, even though I feel like, and maybe this is really sad to say, even though I feel like our target audience should know what Vor is, just in case they don't, don't look it up. Well, let's explain. What is Vor? Can you give an explanation to what Vor is? I resign from this conversation. Okay, well, Vor is it's like a a kink right it is like mm, where a person gets eaten by another person and like sits in their stomach and i think it's sexual i don't know yes i mean yes people get sexual gratification now here's the thing i've only seen vor in furry context like i've only seen furry vor (laughs) dude no, I, I thought that was kind of weird that I've only seen it with furries. It seems like it's a, a strictly furry perversion, uh, but perversion. Oh god, that's a, I like that one. Anyway, what do you call? Do you, if if they, I've seen on like TikTok, sadly, those like weird masks that are like dinosaurs or like lizards or whatever, are those still furries or is there a different name if you like lizards? What? Like furries are furries and they dress up as like dogs. Are the people who dress up as, like, lizards furries? Do they have a whole suit on? 
No, I've only seen the mask, but like, why I are we talking about this? I'm getting to it, it's but I'm just, funny. is there, is, are people who dress up as like reptiles still called furries? I'm going to look it up. Probably not. Cause reptiles aren't furry. Well, right? What are they called then? Are people idiots? <laughs> Weirdos. What do you, I'm sorry. Everybody, you are free to do lizard whatever you want to do. Furries. And I will respect that scalies oh that makes scalies that's the worst word i've ever heard in my life is a fur is a furry term okay, i understand what scaly is you don't have to explain used to it. describe both anthropo okay, rept reptiles and amphibians all okay. right sure anyway you for ten dollars you listener right now for ten dollars can scaly vor your way to fame if you wish because Chris Pratt, as what? part of the all-in challenge, has offered a part in Colin Trevorrow's upcoming Jurassic World Dominion to be for you to be eaten by a dinosaur on screen in the movie for $10. And it's a raffle, right? They're only picking one winner. But for $10, you can enter a drawing to be eaten by a dinosaur in the new movie. And you'll be completely recognizable. You'll be on screen, and you'll get chomped up. I don't know by what. I don't know if you get to choose, but you'll be eaten by a dinosaur in the movie. And I thought that was a, a pretty cool thing, and it's for a good cause. You know, it's the all-in challenge. They're doing stuff for uh, going. the money's going toward Feeding America, Meals on Wheels, World Central Kitchen, stuff like that, stuff mm -hmm. to get food out to people uh, in these in these times. And I don't know. I thought that, that was a really neat prize okay. for people. Okay, what? Yes, that is very cool. Yeah. But we could, you could have said that <laughs> without talking about Vor at all. But the thing is, that's what it, that's what they're giving though. That's no. That, mm, no, that's not what it is. Someone just getting eaten by a dinosaur. That's what Vor is. That's what scaly Vor is. But they're going to die. You, do you not die? Do you not die? No, they like go. I don't want to talk about this. Okay. Well, there's other people doing these kind of. Uh, uh, I think Chris Pratt put the video of this up on his Instagram. He got challenged by Justin Bieber. Great. And he challenged uh, Robert Downey Jr., Chris Hemsworth, and Chris Evans. Uh, and there's other people doing this, like Martin Scorsese. He's doing it as well. But his prize, I think, is the same thing. It's like a donation and it's a drawing. Is a part in uh, Killers of the Flower Moon if it Ooh. if it ends up getting funded, <laughs> I guess. Uh, but his, I don't know. This one sounds more exciting to me. His, I think, is literally just a walk on, and I don't know if that means literally a walk on, like you just walk by the camera and you happen to be in the movie, or if you get like one line. I assume it's you're literally just walk in the background somewhere. You know, that would still uh, be sick. It would still be sick, but I think getting eaten by a dinosaur where your face is clearly recognizable is even sicker. Well, yeah, that would be cooler. If I, I won agree. this, I'd want to go out in the most vicious way possible. I'd want my death to be very expensive and very gory. I'd want to be eaten by like 14 T-Rexes and then like get picked up by a pterodactyl, like only my head. And then I'd want it dropped into a volcano. <laughs> That's what I, how would you want to be killed in, a, in the movie? By dinosaur. Um, oh man. I want to be. Okay, you know how they like pick you up? I want to get picked up 
by like my feet. So like his mouth is like over yeah. my feet. Okay. And has like half my body. And then he does the thing where he like shakes oh, yeah, his head back and forth, and I just rip off and go everywhere. All right, yeah, that's pretty cool. Or like a bunch of tiny ones, like compies. But then, no, never mind. I can't think of it. Can I get else. eaten by a dinosaur? And while the dinosaur is eating me, I get like shot by like the guy <laughs> with a shotgun, like trying to kill the dinosaur, but he hits me instead. And I, my body flies in a million pieces, and like the blood sprays down on all the main cast. And they're like, "Ugh, that guy had so much blood." And then they move on with the movie. That's what I want. <laughs> ten, that that's a lot for ten dollars, but still, you know. Sure. Next in news, we have the Zodiac Killer. He's back, Ted Cruz. He has a bill. <laughs> what? Ted Cruz bill uh the the script act which guess what this stands for the script act stopping censorship restoring integrity protecting talkies because <laughs> they really wanted it to be called the script act <laughs> I can tell uh it aims to block Pentagon help to studios that censor films for China uh which this is a pretty political story that we have here and uh I don't know, man. Is it? Is this bill really doing anything? Is if you block the Pentagon from helping films that censor films for China, so let's like say Star Wars or whatever, right? Or uh, the new Top Gun, right? Is does that mean that they're just going to get censored here too, so that they're technically not censored? <laughs> you know, we just get the China version too. Because that sounds like what's going to happen. Because mm. would they really give up the Chinese market entirely just to keep a flag in the movie, you know? Right. Uh, I feel like if they... And this hardly is even like... And I, I'll say the word attack, but like an attack on China, right? Like I feel like if you really want to go after China, there's much better avenues to go through than m movies stopping movies from being censored but i don't know i think that this is just kind of a a bunch of nothing it's <laughs> to yeah, me personally it's kind of silly uh i was surprised to learn that a lot of people don't know that the pentagon and like the department of defense cia and stuff have a hand in movies um especially obviously movies that show the military you know there's kind of a trade-off there because i'm pretty sure they've been doing that since like the 1940s it is called propaganda uh c continue that that is all okay well it's been going on for a very long time uh it's i think it's more like hey can you maybe shine a more positive light so it you know it's propaganda in a way i guess it's propaganda in a way i mean they're not gonna you know if you see a movie like if you see a war movie or like any movie with like american soldiers or anything I would say 99% of the time. I've never seen a movie where, in the end, it's not America on top. And there's a reason. Right, right. I think the only one that I know about specifically, and this is a weird example, is that, like, in Meet the Parents, you know, in the Meet the Parents with De Niro? Because <laughs> he's in the CIA, right? Sure. And they're like, oh, can you not have him, like, have these torture handbooks and everything? Can you, like, not put that in the movie? And they're like, oh, okay, sure. You want to do that? So, but again, they actually keep pretty tight tabs on, on anything they do change. We're not actually aware. There's no, like, as far as I know, there's no list of like changes that they've made. So we don't actually know what changes they've, they've demanded. Only the people doing it know. 
So who knows? Maybe there's something going on there. Could be. You're, okay. Yeah. Could be. You never know. <laughs> but uh, this bill, I don't know. It seems. I mean, the acronym enough is just kind of like, ugh, okay, talkies, really. Talkies. They script them. They can't be script them, but whatever. Okay, whatever. Uh, yeah, they've helped in movies like uh, Terminator, Iron Man. You know, like Iron, yeah. a tran- all I the mean, Transformers because they have all the military and stuff. Like they've been, they've been in there. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, this next story is something that I picked specifically for you, so you probably already know about it. For me. Uh, because it's about The Expanse. Ooh, The Expanse. And I, I'm sure you already know about The this. Expanse is on Amazon Prime. Yeah, I'm sure you already know about this, but season five, obviously with the outbreak and everything, uh, did luckily finish filming ahead of shutdowns. Yes, sir. So they're totally uh, cool. Uh, and uh, The Expanse uh, uh, actress uh. Shore Agdash. Yes, she, listen... Okay, so she plays a character in The Expanse, obviously. Mm-hmm. She has the best voice. When you hear her voice, you'll be like, I know that voice. I've heard her before. Yeah. She has the best voice in the entire history of the planet. Yeah, and she was in Portlandia. And, very important, she's also in Destiny, the game. Lakshmi? Yep, she's Lakshmi yeah, so. to the Two. future war cult leader in Destiny. <laughs> Love her. She's great. Yeah, because Lakshmi does so much. In the first game, she's kind of important. Okay. Well, not really, but... <laughs> She's a good side character. But yeah, there, there's been a few uh, shows that have had a problem because of the outbreak where they haven't been able to finish filming. Well, did you know? The Expanse has no problems because it's in, they've, they're in space. Oh, right. There's no virus in space. No, it's not in space, dude. That's, so that, that's very good of them. Um, the Walking Dead, sadly, does not take place <laughs> in space. Um, neither does it like Arrow Ironic. or stuff like that. But no, good for you specifically. Very specifically good for you. Yes. Oh, guys. Last fortnight, we talked about Hellraiser. So we're going to talk about Hellraiser again. More like Hell Setter. Okay. Hellraiser series in the works at HBO. (laughs) David Gordon Green. Who's that? I don't know. He did uh, Halloween, the new one, 2018. Never didn't see it. Uh, Of course you didn't. You don't even need to say it anymore. Okay, we'll just fine. Assume. I haven't seen a lot of horror movies. Jeez. You've seen Hereditary and Midsummer and The Lighthouse. And did you watch The Witch. He's on board to direct a pilot and some other, probably other episodes of the movie series. There's a series, Hellraiser series. So last fortnight we talked about the Hellraiser movie, which is a reboot from Spyglass, which is not Ooh. attached not attached to this series this series is a continuation of what we already had because the hellraiser movies there's like 10 of them you know yes. which is like crazy and this is gonna be a continuation of that you know uh so we'll see who knows if it'll be good i don't know i don't know anymore and uh not quite lastly but we're getting there lots of news some oscars news Oh boy, here we go. Do you want to lead the discussion on this one? I, I can, I can. So, the Oscars, um, what day was it? Like a few days ago. A few days ago, released a, um, they're like updates to the the newest, the new rules for the Oscars. And one of them is for this year. They say... This year only, but um, 
we'll see how that turns out. Um, that streaming only movies, like movies that are strictly only on streaming, will be eligible for all of the categories. Right, because before you had to have had a screening in Los Angeles for like a certain two amount weeks. of time, two of two weeks. Yeah. Yes. Um, so that's like really big news for a lot of people and, and a lot of things. But the thing with this is that we, as far as we know, it's this year. It's not. Yeah, a, they say this year only. It's not a continuation forever. It's just this year because of the circumstances. Yeah. So we'll see how that pans out. Uh, Trolls World Tour for Best Picture. I'm already campaigning. Ozzy Osbourne for Best Supporting Actor. Um, it's gonna be crazy. Now there's there was like one other pretty big. The other big one, and I want I have some things to say about this. Okay, let's hear this it. This is pretty upsetting to me. I think. It's not terribly upsetting, but they combined the two sound categories into just best achievement for sound. What? So you're telling me the two sound categories are just sound? It's just sound? It's just sound now. Hmm. Um, Because apparently most people in the Academy just don't understand. Now, it is true that... A lot of the times, I don't know if it's majority, I'd have to look, but a lot of the times, whoever does win sound editing does win sound mixing. Yes, usually. But of course, that wasn't the case for last year. Right, yes. Uh, this year Ford v. Different. Ferrari in 1917 split them last yes. year. So, I don't know. I... There is a difference, and for people that don't know the difference, mm. the difference is sound editing is like the actual like recording of the, of the sounds that you hear in the movie. And then sound mixing is, of course, what they do after in post. Mm-hmm. And now they're just combining them. And they say that they can they can still award like six statues. So people that can win are still like sound editors and sound mixers and like, you know, a few other people that I can't remember the names of. Um, they'll be able to win and they'll be on stage at like the same time. It's kind of lame because... The two categories are pretty different, but I mean, they're probably just, I would assume one of the bigger reasons they're doing it is probably to cut time. Right. Which is lame. There should be more categories. This is also a thing. That right. Yeah. Cause about. it seems like there's other things that you could cut before the awards. <laughs> more thing. Yeah. Like, like seven musical numbers. Yeah. Do we, do why we don't we just Eminem? do the winner? Well, I mean that was—I mean that wasn't even a thing. That was years later. But um, it, just do the winner song. I mean, I guess you want to hear all of the ones. I don't want to hear any of the songs. I know. It just—it's—I don't care. I don't know. It's they, stupid. It—I mean—it does feel, oftentimes, that it is trying to be a show more than like a award ceremony. It's trying to be award show, instead of just giving people the recognition that they want. It's like getting the most people to watch. The people getting yeah. recognition. OMG, you know? Eminem is at the Oscars. Right. Billie yeah. Eilish is at the Oscars. <clears throat> I don't care. I want Roger Deakins to speak. Yeah. And that's all. And then another thing that they dropped the ball on, I think, is once again, we go another year with no new categories. Very, most importantly, a stunt category. Yeah, what a shame. It's... <laughs> But is the thing that I have to wonder is that is is that in the 
the minds of a lot of other people because i mean we talk about a lot you and i but are other people talking about this that there should be more recognition for stunt people in the industry there is uh i mean i think there's a pretty decently big following for a stunt category in the oscars because those people they do it man They literally risk their lives they to make the movies happen i would highly recommend watching like behind the scenes of like stunts and stuff uh it's they really really do it these people just like jump off buildings and blow themselves up and they just have like a suit on yeah and i don't know it it's sad that it's something that's been forgotten and left behind for so long when it's such a pivotal part of almost every production nowadays you know right it's like almost every movie you watch is gonna have stunt person in there somewhere yeah because if you have an actor over 80 if they need to sit down you're gonna have a stunt person for that you know (laughs) right uh so who knows one day we'll you know maybe it'll happen soon next year category let's hope they really missed out they did but what's new it's a shame i think i feel like probably people have wanted the stunt category for a while but i think it became a big thing when the john wick movies started coming out because that was kind of like a because stunts were like really big back in like the 70s and 80s and stuff before they had like this incredible cgi that we have now and now lately obviously most movies most big blockbuster movies just try to do all cgi so they don't have to like do any of this kind of stuff Mm -hmm. but then john wick of course brings this like new wave of action and a lot of people appreciate it such as myself it's really really cool and it always looks better than a computer right the the one thing you just hate hearing about is the the horror stories of stunt people where stuff goes bad and then you know if they aren't properly taken care of afterwards by the studio and everything you know they they don't hold accountability that's the stuff that you hate to hear so i feel like you know the people who literally risk their life probably deserve a bit more recognition yeah it sucks yeah but what are you gonna do and they're usually attractive because usually they look like the stars. <laughs> exactly. So it's not like you're bringing uggos up. <laughs> People will watch. And they're usually super fit. So what's the problem? Yeah, I don't understand. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, we have one little thing next. Do you want to bring it up? Yes, there was been a trailer. Hello. When was the last time you saw a trailer? Uh, two weeks ago or exactly. four weeks ago. A long know. time. No trailers coming out anymore. But recently we got a trailer for a new TV show on hbo max called um lovecraft country lovecraft country isn't Uh, that a isn't that a writer yes it is i really don't know much about lovecraft or anything you don't no i mean i know like the call of cthulhu sure and i have some friends that are pretty into it i have a good idea but continue um but the show seems interesting um I don't know how HBO Max is really going to work. Me neither. So I don't know if I'll get to see it. But it's from Jordan Peele. What, what, what's his hand in it? Jordan Peele and J.J. I don't... But Jordan honest, Peele and J.J. Abrams both have a hand. They in have this. a hand in this show yeah. somehow. Yeah. Um, but the trailer, it's real short. It's, like, it's basically kind of like just a teaser trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, check it out. It's pretty interesting, uh, especially if you're into lovecraft stuff right and I know a lot of people are and uh you expect when you see the name jordan peele on it that it'll kind of have a edge to it you know uh talking about like racial issues and stuff like that you know right um and, and these eldritch monsters uh 
Right. Yeah. What do you think of H.P. Uh, Lovecraft as as a person? Um, I have heard. I don't know much about him as a person, but I've heard that he's like really not a good person. No. Yeah. Like, well. At all. Yeah. He wasn't. He wasn't great necessarily. Um, I do hope they talk about his cat. Do you know about his cat? Can you just do me a favor and just get get on Google on your laptop? I feel like I have heard about his cat and it's not good. And just Google H.P. Lovecraft's cat. And you at home, you can do the same thing. I know. It's the name of his cat. Yeah. What's the name of his cat? You can't say it. You can't say Why can't you say the name of his cat? Because it's not good. Oh, okay. Well, you at home, if you want to know the name of H.P. Lovecraft's cat, just look it up and you'll, you'll see. <laughs> it's really bad. See, why He's would not you, a good person. Why would you name your cat? Aren't you supposed to like your cat? I don't know. I'll be looking out for it. You know, I I like uh, Lovecraftian horrors and stuff like that. Yes, uh, it it does look it does look at least interesting. And Omar's in it from uh, The Wire. The Wire. Yeah, so that'll that'll bring me in too. And I think that's the news for for this fortnight. I think we did. That was a lot of news. That was quite a bit of news. We had quite a bit to say. Uh, so that means that it's. You know, thanks for listening to that part. Now we're going to T-Hanks on over to T-Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. It's spotlight time, baby. And we're going to talk about Tom Hanks movies. Let's do it. Where do you want to start? Actually, just, just start anywhere. Let I don't care. Just pick a movie? Yeah, go for it. Oh, man. Okay. We'll start with kind of an older, older one. Where are we starting? Big. Big. Okay, that's the one I was going to start with, too, because, oh, boy, how do you feel about Big? I liked it. You liked Big. I did. Okay. You didn't like it? I have a lot of, (laughs) well, not a lot of things. I have one specific thing to say, which it's not a new thing that anybody hasn't said before, but you go ahead. What were your thoughts on Big? Um, I guess I'll say, um, I thought it was funny. Mm-hmm. I thought it was cute. Yeah, sure. And I feel like you're just gonna destroy me after this. <laughs> no, no, it's not nothing like that. Um, it, I will say, it has not aged well. That is definitely true. It has not aged well. There are some really, really uncomfortable There's moments. There's one very questionable part of this movie. Yes, I think I know what you're talking and about. And personally, I gotta say, I was with you for the first half of the movie, but. I'll be honest, that scene kind of destroyed the entire movie for me. It's very tough. Um, it is, I think it's, this movie's rated PG. Mm. This is not a PG movie. Yeah, this is. In, the, in 1989 when this came out or whatever, it was a different time. Yeah, because a little let more me tell you, lax back then. This movie's not rated PG. Um, he drops an F-bomb at yeah, one they, point. <laughs> yeah, literally, dude. Like the little kid. <laughs> And then another thing I had about it was there is some really bad dubbing in ADR in this movie. Yeah. And it, it very, out, was very frustrating mm-hmm. to me. But other than that, I thought it was a fun little movie. I thought it was a fun little movie. So, again, if you don't know the movie, it's about this little boy who can't ride a roller coaster. And he's upset that he's young. You know, he wants to be big. That's the name. He wants to be big. Yes. So he finds a Zoltar machine that grants you a wish if you can toss a quarter in his mouth. Yep. <laughs> That's it. And uh, he wishes to be big, and he wakes up one morning, and, and he's, Tom Hanks. he's Tom Hanks, and he's like 20-something, and he's big. Uh, and then he lives a life. He like gets a job, and he does. And this all sounds really fun, right? 
first of all, let me just say, the sections with the mom are all horrifying, and they I I did not laugh at them. I was too sad to laugh at them. The very first scene where he turns into a grown man and he runs up to his mom and he's like crying. He's like he knows he's big and he doesn't want to be. He kind of regrets it a little bit. He runs up to his mom. She has no idea who this man is. It's this random yes. man in her house, and she's just like, "Please don't." And then he runs out, right? Yes. And she she breathes a sigh of relief. Then he runs back in to the home, and she like starts freaking out and backs up into the kitchen. And he's like screaming, "Mommy, mommy!" and crying. Whatever. This grown man, and she's like, "What did you do with my son?" She pulls out a knife. And she's like, what the hell did you do with my son? And he's like explaining, no, I have a baseball team. I go to this school and all these personal facts about her son. So, you know, she's like, oh, this guy must have been stalking my son for a very long time. And then he's like, oh, I know. Of course, he's 13 or whatever. So it's not like he knows how to approach the situation better. But he's like, oh, I have a birthmark, you know, under my right knee or something like that. So he pulls down his pants <laughs> only to reveal that this grown man is wearing her son's, her 13-year-old son's underwear. Tough look. And she freaks out. She starts swinging and he, he gets out of there. And I, I don't know. It didn't. I, I was not laughing. It was too <laughs> sad. It was too real. The actress did too good of a job. It, it I guess in retrospect, it makes me laugh. But uh, it was honestly a horrifying scene. And I, I, I did not get it. Also, the dad disappears. The dad's in the beginning of the movie, and then he never shows up ever again. Where when they're at like the oh, <laughs> fair, that is true. And then he's just gone. I, I thought that was bizarre. Hmm. Anyway, the part that really bugged me though. Uh, where it's where part where this uh, thirteen-year-old boy and the man, the body of a, a man, uh, invites a girl over to his apartment, you know, and they're just ha- they're gonna have a sleepover, and then they fuck. They do, and so you have a thirteen-year-old boy with like a thirty-year-old woman. It's very tough, and uh, I thought it was. It's not what you want. When I was watching it, I thought I was like, oh, they're gonna stop. It's like, oh, they're just going to kiss. Oh, he's just going to grab a boob. Oh, okay. Well, it just happened. And it just, it rubbed me the wrong way. No, it it's not good. I could not get over it, especially because I don't know if it makes it better or worse, but it's never brought up. It's never addressed because she eventually finds out that he is a little boy. Yeah. She's like, oh, okay. She's like, fine. <laughs> and yeah. then he that goes bo- home. The ending is stupid. And... I is it better that they don't address it? Would it have been better if he turned to a little boy and she just started puking all over her car? Like, what would have been better? I I think it's just leave it the way it is. I think it was you just take this one scene out. Well, <laughs> yeah, obviously. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but I mean, I lo- that, there's no doing that at this point. I would still give this, like, a watch out of ten, you know? A watch out of ten. But For the piano. The piano yeah, scene. Or just look up the piano scene on like movie clips on YouTube or something. Or yeah, I guess called. that's true. Uh, I don't know. That It just really bothered me. No, yeah. No, I agree. It's not good. Yeah. I, that's, uh, it was a pretty good acting from Tom Hanks. Yeah. Though. Like he, he really did believe that he's he was, really he good was at a, being a kid. Like, all the little like different mannerisms that mm. kids do. Yeah, like, not even in, like. Right. Not even just the voice. It was also his. His, his movements. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, great mm-hmm. job. Tom Hanks, good actor, believe it or not. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Give me one. Uh, the next one I have is uh, Philadelphia from... Philadelphia. How's the song go? 
I in don't the movie. Remember. Yeah, it's the yeah. It's a popular song. The Jonathan Dem movie. Yes, and I he, saw that. Right, and he did uh, Silence of the Lambs, which is a that's a pretty good movie. I love too. Silence of the Lambs, one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, so you saw this one too? I did see Philadelphia. I, I really liked it. I, I but it was you good. really liked it because you love court scenes. And this movie the, guys, is 50% court scenes. This whole movie is a court scene almost. Yeah. Yeah. I Okay. My thing, I did like this movie. Mm-hmm. I don't think I liked it. I mean, I liked it. But I think... But you'd recommend it watch or don't watch. You'd definitely give it a watch. Definitely watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, But I think all the court scenes mm-hmm. are very good. But I would say that like... 80% of the scenes not in the court were just like, eh, mm-hmm. to me. Except there's the one exception of the scene where Tom Hanks dances. Yeah, so there's... Or sings or whatever he does. So this movie is about a, a lawyer named Andrew Beckett. Based call, on a true story. Right. Loosely based, I believe. Yeah, I have no um, idea. And they call him Andy in this film, which which made me think about how he was almost Andy in Shawshank. So I couldn't get that out. Of whatever. And he plays Woody in Toy Story. Andy is his. Oh yeah, true is that. The kid. Um, Makes you think about what connected universes. Oh, we'll get to that later because I'm <laughs> Solly. When we talk about, we'll talk about the okay. Tom Hanks connected universe. All right, I've I've got something like that too, actually. Um. What the hell was I saying? <laughs> Something about oh uh, yeah, it, it's about a a, yeah, a, what it's about. a gay lawyer Andrew Beckett who contracts AIDS and is fired from his law firm uh, for what, because he's gay and has AIDS and that's uh they're fighting against that saying it's discrimination, um and that's the whole movie it's this court case him against the the company that fired him yep and uh, it's Tom Hanks and Denzel Washington Denzel Washington is the lawyer that represents him right and they they both do really good jobs. And uh, I do have, I don't know if this is a hot take, but I do have some, I don't know. Again, it was a different time. So maybe this was like the perfect movie for the time period. Because obviously 93, the whole AIDS thing is still super relevant. Right. (laughs) You know, Uh, but the the Andrew Beckett that we get, he is gay, but he does feel kind of like a watered down gay person if that makes sense. Like the one thing is like him and Antonio Banderas who plays his partner. They never Crazy. kiss. I didn't even notice that right. it was Antonio Banderas yeah. just to say, I was like, wow, they never kiss. They, I think they hug once, you know, it's a very sterile. He says he's gay, but if he never said it, you probably wouldn't whatever. And I get that there's people like that, right? Like that's not like every gay person is like a stereotype. But I feel like the point of the movie where you're showing these intimate moments and all they do is hold hands. It yeah, kind of okay, yeah. loses a little. I'm like, okay, you can't. You, I don't know. Even a peck. Like, they don't even do a peck. Yeah. You know, it's just. It, yeah. It's just a very. It's a very palatable gay person so that everyone could, you know, swallow it easily and be able to take seeing that on screen. Right. Plus, it also, it's kind of older. So. Right. Exactly. That's what know, I'm saying. For the like time the period. 90s or would, whatever. So, I guess especially more, for when it came out. Mm hmm. Yeah. And that's, again, coming off of uh, Science of the Lambs where it's like a transsexual murderer freak. 
Like right, yeah. <laughs> so it's a, I don't know. He's come back off of it, I guess. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't really have. I liked it. I thought it was good. Mm-hmm. I don't really have a whole lot to say about it. I I thought it was interesting that uh, this movie was filmed in sequence. Oh, I didn't know that. I guess a lot of people maybe don't know, or some people don't know. Where you know most movies. The first scene, they don't necessarily shoot first. They shoot it in the order that is best for, like, time and budget. But this movie, the first scene is the first thing they shot, and the last scene is the last thing they shot. That's what it means to shoot in sequence. And a part of the reason was because uh, Tom Hanks had to lose, like, almost 30 pounds uh, to properly look like he'd contracted AIDS and right. was really sickly. So he was losing weight over the course of the film. And I think I think they actually told... To just make the him look even thinner, they told Denzel Washington to gain weight a little bit. <laughs> nice. So there was like a story where he would just be like eating candy and chocolate bars or whatever around Tom Hanks, and Tom Hanks would be on a diet of like nothing, you know. <laughs> nice. Uh, but yeah, overall, it, it really is a, a entertaining film. The court scenes themselves are, are yeah, the court are scenes good. are really good. And I believe what else I saw was they're done in a real courtroom. It's not a set. They actually oh really like, went to Philadelphia cool. courtroom and filmed Very there. Nice. Yeah. Um, okay, let's do another one. Ooh, which let's do Um Sleepless in Seattle. Okay, I saw that one too. Um This movie is We could take some I could take some heat for this. Okay. Sleepless in Seattle is okay. I agree. We're gonna take some heat, maybe. Maybe. Because a lot of people really like this one. Um, I will say, the opening shot was really good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, what's the movie about? Tom Hanks is a man who his wife dies, and he is with his son. And he is very upset that his wife is dead, obviously. And then there's another woman. I can't think of her name. What is the actress? Meg Ryan? Name? Meg Ryan. Yeah. She is engaged to this weirdo. Walter. Walter. He's not weirdo. Walter. I like Walter. Walter. I have things to say about Walter and what happened to him and how it's an injustice. Uh, it, it is a tough look for Walter. <laughs> and it's basically about how. It, I think it's dumb. They fall in love, but they never meet each other. Right. Until the end when they meet each other and they're like, oh, yeah. Hey. All right. Um,. And yeah, there's a part where I can't remember who, but somebody sneezes like all. Yeah, Walter sneezes when they're at the table. Walter sneezes over everybody's food and nobody cares. Yeah, does that bother you a lot? Yes. If someone sneezed on your food, are you going to eat it? No, but. Exactly. Walter sneezes on like half the people's food on the table and they're just like, oh, Walter. <laughs> You're so sweet. Marry my daughter. They're too busy talking about bees. That bothered me. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's okay. I was sweet. That That's exactly my problem with the movie. This movie is, uh, what's the word? Saccharin? It's saccharin sweet. It's, uh, it's so over the top lovey-dovey at points and so romanticized you know and i get that at least i think i get that it's kind of the point is that it's so sweet it's kind of a uh a reversal of those of that you know tragic movie that they kept talking about the whole time that old one i don't remember right. the title yeah, yeah. but they were talking about it was like oh it was so sad or whatever 
Um, but I think I would have preferred if it went with the sad ending. And when she got to the top of the elevator, top of the Empire State Building, they were just gone. And they just stayed gone. I actually really liked it when that happened. Exactly. Like, oh, this could be very sad. I was like, good. Really I would have preferred that ending. But yeah. I think the whole movie's point was that it didn't end that way. Right. Like, I think the whole movie was leading up to it was like, no, it, it may, sometimes it is true love or whatever. So it's too, it's very sweet. It's, it's sickeningly sweet. Makes me sick how sweet this movie is. To my stomach. Also, I hate the kid in this. I just oh, gotta he's say. so annoying. I hated the kid. He's so annoying. Because he, he, the Tom Hanks, his character gets that uh, Victoria or whatever her name was, and she seems fine. Her laugh, like, the whole thing is like, oh, she's got an annoying laugh. Her laugh isn't even that bad. Okay, it's like, I have to disagree with that. Her very frustrating laugh. Oh, I didn't think it was that bad. <laughs> That's not what it was. <laughs> Listen, I watched every... S- I watched, oh, you're so funny. Yeah, I watched every season of The Nanny, so basically that laugh does nothing to me. I've got Fran Drescher protection up in here. Okay, well, her laugh is annoying, so. It's not that bad. But the thing is, it was like they made that the only thing, and I was like, oh, come on. They, yeah, they no, I agree. They There's could have made it like an actual bad that reason. She's pretty okay. And she's bad at cooking potatoes, I suppose. I don't know, the kid was annoying to me. Tom Hanks, I feel like, didn't even have enough to do he's fine it really felt like a meg ryan movie you know i agree uh and poor walter oh man he dude, my dude does get played kind of dirty it's literally the end of the movie they're engaged she has his grandmother's ring they're at a diner in new york and she's like hey you're cool and all but i heard a guy on a on the radio once say how his wife is dead and he's over there in that building right now. So let's break up right now and never get married. And I'll never want to see you ever again. And he goes, yeah, okay. Yep. Oh, man. He, I was like, bro. This he rolls over like a dog. And he's like, you know what? Sure, that's fine. I don't care that I've spent all this money on you and all this time wasted in my life, which is the only thing that matters is time. It's a tough look for Walter. <laughs> and Walter. He's just like, yeah, okay. She doesn't feel satisfied with him because he he sneezes and his name is walter he has a lot of problems he just he's just allergic to a lot of things everything but it didn't bother her before it only bothered yeah. her as soon as someone pointed out that it should bother her yeah i mean you know. no the whole thing was that there was no magic in the relationship she needed magic she needed magic yeah she needed to feel a spark and well poor walter just didn't have it for her and yeah, whatever sleep in seattle's okay it's fine Give me another one. Uh, let's save Toy Story for last. I we think. would. We're doing like just the whole series. Yeah, right let's now. do the whole story okay. at once. Okay. Why don't we talk about? Mm-hmm. You've got mail because you haven't mm-hmm. seen that, so I'll just blast I haven't out seen that quickly. one. It's Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks, and they fall in love over not seeing each other in person. As, yep, that's the movie. Okay, sounds good. They, no, because they like email each other and they fall in love over email. Except they know each other in real life and they don't like each other in real life. Then they start emailing each other like anonymously and they like fall in love with each other. Oh, so it's like the Pina Colada song. And I actually really liked it. I'm ignoring that. I actually really liked that it. That is what it is like though. And you know it. I actually really enjoyed it more than Sleepless in Seattle, even though it has much lower ratings. But I don't know. If you like Sleepless in Seattle, you'll probably like You've Got Mail. It's just another romance movie, you You've know? You've Got Mail. Exactly. Whatever. 
Okay. Sounds lame. Sleepless in Seattle ends on the top of the Empire State Building. It does. Okay, what's next? All right, uh, we'll do another one. All right, I'm doing it now. I, the world needs to hear my take on Road to Perdition. All right, I didn't watch it. Road to Perdition is overrated oh what is it rated really well what's up it's rated pretty well Mm -hmm. and i know a lot of people that very much like it this movie is okay and no one can change my mind um no spoilers yeah in case you see it actually i don't care go spoil it away i don't care okay this movie has a stacked cast which is a red herring um as we know Mm. movies with stacked cast it's got like tom hanks obviously <laughs> um jude law mm. is in it barely but he's in it um i don't know why i'm blanking on oh daniel craig mm, yeah is in it and then i can't remember his name but very famous actor this was his like last movie before he passed away um and it's just okay it has a really good like premise i like the story um it's basically about Tom Hanks is like an assassin man, kind of. Oh. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, expecting no, that. Yeah. Somehow. And um, he has a family, he has a wife and two kids. And um, basically his one kid is getting older and like kind of figuring out what his dad is oh, like yeah. up to. And one day he sneaks in his dad's car. Oh, and this is set way back. This is like the 1920s. It's like Depression era okay. America. And he sneaks away in his dad's car and to see like what he does when he goes out. So he goes out and then they're in this building and they're talking to a guy. And he's like looking through the peephole, like watching to see what his dad's doing. And it's him and Daniel Craig and this one dude. And Daniel Craig like point blank shoots this guy in the head. And this bothered me. It's not like a big deal. But this guy is, like, on screen, point-blank shot in the face, and there's no blood or anything. (laughs) And I'm like, all you have to do is just cut away. Yeah. Or, like, because later in the movie, another guy gets shot in the head, and there is blood and stuff. (laughs) And I'm just like, why not the first time? Um, And the kid sees, and he's like, oh, my gosh. And then Tom Hanks finds his kid there, and he's like, what are you doing here? Yeah. You're not supposed to, you know, do whatever. And then Daniel Craig who is, like, the son of, like, one of the higher-up mob dudes, is, like, we got to take Tom Hanks out Mm. because, you know, his kid knows. So then they kill Tom Hanks' family, his wife and his child, but not his other child. So then he, him and his kid, he's, like, we got to go. We got to go on the run. They're going on the road to perdition. Ah, yes. (laughs) Um, And then the movie is them on the run, and they hire Jude Law, who... Listen, Jude Law. Oh, Stanley Tucci's in this movie too. Anyway, Jude Law is actually really, really good in this movie, but he's like barely in it. And it really frustrates me because I feel like if he was in it more, it could have had like a No Country for Old Men level Mm. antagonist because he's really creepy. He like, he's a photographer that like takes pictures of dead bodies. So he like will like kill people. Oh yeah, and then like yeah. set up a camera and take a picture and then like sell it. Creepy. Yeah, he's very strange. He's really creepy in the movie, and there's some really good scenes with him, but 
the movie overall just it really doesn't work for me um tom hanks is like okay in it the kid is really really annoying and like just not a great actor yeah um there's a big shootout scene towards the end that would have been really cool but they put it like all in like slow-mo and they play this like really lame music over it and it's just the music you don't hear anything Uh, and it's just it's they set this really cool stage on the street and it's like raining and it's lit by these lamps and you're like oh yeah it's gonna be cool and then it's just kind of a letdown. Um, one thing that I really really liked was not the end of the movie, but right before the end, there's a really cool shot that I won't spoil if you ever see it. But it's really cool where basically Tom Hanks is looking out a window and then some stuff happens. And it's really cool. And then the very end is just kind of stupid. There's stupid narration from the kid mm. at the beginning and oh, at the yeah. end. And I was like, this is just dumb. It could have been great, but it was just okay. And who, uh, is it somebody I'd know? Director? Somebody? Oh, geez. I don't even know. Let's find out real quick. Okay. Because I thought it was it someone could I be. knew. Let's see. Oh, yeah. It's Sam Mendes. Right. Yeah. Sam Mendes. So. Right. Uh, yeah. Okay. So earlier in his It was career. his movie made right after he did American Beauty. Hmm. All right. So yeah, coming hot off the tails of that. Yeah, and I mean it's directed well, but it's just the say it's more of a script problem. Yeah. So yeah, it's just okay. I was really excited to see this one too, and it was kind of a letdown for me. Personally. Yeah, that one is just even on Netflix, right? Yeah, it's just on Netflix. You can see it on Netflix if you want to. Yeah, because most out. of these actually aren't anywhere. Right. Yeah. You have to like rent them. You have to rent them. All right. That's yeah. Road to Perdition. Next, we could talk about. Uh, Castaway, if you'd like. Castaway, sure. I yeah. Um, I haven't seen Castaway in a very, very, very long time. Yeah, me neither. So I don't really remember much of it, but I do remember enjoying it, and it is, I would say, one of Tom Hanks' better performances. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because I saw it so long ago in the scene where he loses Wilson, <laughs> obviously. I mean, I've never forgot it. I like remember everything about that scene. Right, yeah. Well, that is the thing I'm that everyone sorry. kind of takes away from it. Yeah, is is him just, I mean, being cast away. Right? The movie makes you care about a volleyball. You like right. you how like movies... cry in this scene where Tom Hanks loses his volleyball. Yeah, how many movies can make you feel that for an inanimate object, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a good showcase of just how how far he's gone. You know, his his sanity. Mm. You know. Uh, yeah, great, uh, great performance from him. Uh, that was like what, like late nineties? I think it's like two thousand. Two thousand like right exactly. Two thousand. Oh, okay, cool. I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, and again, that one it was a big hit with everybody. Everybody loves. Everyone it, loves Castaway. Know? It's just a classic. Yeah, it's it's it, it's, a, it's a great one. Um, we also have my favorite Tom Hanks movie featuring the word "saving" in it, and that's Saving Mr. Banks. <laughs> oh, Saving Mr. Banks. <laughs> Yes. No, I haven't seen Saving Mr. Banks. Have you? No. Why would no? Well, because Tom Hanks is in it. That's I know who's in it. Anyway, let's talk about my second favorite Tom Hanks movie with saving in the title, which is Saving Private Ryan. Which, Matt Damon, which is Matt Damon. Yeah, yeah. And you know what's funny about that? I I believe Spielberg casted Matt Damon because he wanted kind of a no name actor 
who like looked really American, you know, had like an all American Boy Scout kind of look. And then like the year before he did Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> Oof. So it kind of was like, oh, he blew up because of Goodwill Hunting and then he was in this movie. So Spielberg was like, ah, oh, that kind of eh, that kind of messed me up. Uh mm-hmm. So Shaving Ryan's Privates, what? <laughs> uh, it's guys. The first thirty minutes and the last thirty minutes, more specifically, just that the first thirty minutes. I mean, everybody knows. Um, yeah, everyone should know at the very least. It's, I mean, usually lauded as like the still like the best scenes depicting war ever. I, I can't think of anything that's topped it. Is this like? That specifically is probably the best scene depicting war, right? Is this overall? Oh, I don't, I, I don't think it's the best war movie ever made. I think. Do you have an opinion on what the few... best one is? I really like Platoon. Mm-hmm. I would say Platoon is better. Full Metal Jacket, mm, right, is yeah. probably better. Um, I have not seen Apocalypse Now, but I know a lot of people are like, "Yeah, that one's better." This movie has. The weird i don't know why and i can't remember if i felt this way when i watched it the first time when i was much younger but it has that weird spielberg thing where everything feels at a certain point everything feels safe do you know what i mean like the very final because the very final scene doesn't hit me as hard as the beginning does for some reason and i right. think it's got something to do with the score Hmm. And and something with the way, even though people are literally getting their heads blown off and everything, there's something comforting about it by the end of the movie that is like absent in the beginning of the movie. And again, this isn't something I can put into words, but in the beginning where there was things that like, like, you know, the red waves splashing up on the beach, which is like horrifying, you know? Yes. That I didn't feel like seeing tanks get blown up in the last part of the movie. And maybe yes, it's just, okay, yeah, I can agree with that. Yeah, maybe I feel like most people would agree. With yeah, that. maybe it's it's just like the subtle, not subtlety aspect, but you know, just the I don't I I can't place it what it is. But there's something that doesn't feel as impactful about it by the end of the movie. It right. feels more movie. It feels very produced, and maybe that's because okay, they yeah. said that you know the beginning of the movie apparently wasn't even storyboarded. You know, they shot it in sequence. The The first part of the movie was in sequence when they shot that. I don't know if it was the first thing they shot or not. Right. But they started for a couple of days. They shot everyone getting out into the water. Yeah, right? I know. It took like 14 days or something yeah, like that yeah. just to shoot the first exactly. scene. And then the next few days they would do like, oh, coming up right to the beach. And they'd be like, oh, getting to the to the bunkers. You know, they shot it in sequence like that over the course of like weeks. Yeah. Um, and, and there really is like a weird chaos helplessness whatever it's that you kind of lose by the end of it and i do feel like it's a spielberg thing like i it it has a similar tone to a lot of that stuff and i don't know it was just something i felt you mean like a spielberg spielberg thing like his movies like lose steam towards the end not lose steam but they just have a certain like comfort to them and i do mean comfort like spielberg movies don't can't scare me they can't make me feel uneasy. There's always like some level, like he cares for the viewer too much to do that to him. You know, like Spielberg would never pull a David Lynch and have someone's head turn into a pillar of smoke. You're telling me you weren't terrified at the end of ready player one. I've never seen ready player one. (laughs) 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 But no, there, there is like a weird comfort to his movies because I feel like he cares too much about the viewer to assault their senses too much. If that makes sense. Really? 
Why? How do you feel? Not even with like Jaws. I don't know. There's a weird comfort. Or that... Jurassic Park. I, I'm you're just telling saying, me the raptor scene in Jurassic Park. You're not like, oh boy. I feel like there's a certain level of like production to it. I feel like he cares about the viewers and it's not like a bad thing necessarily, but I feel okay. like everything he does, he makes because he wants the viewer to get the most enjoyment out of it. He never wants the viewer to have even a second of like unenjoyment where I think that is a tool that you can use to to affect the viewers like you shouldn't be enjoying what you're watching right now you shouldn't enjoy what you're listening to right now that's like the point you know oh okay but i still feel like there's some kind of comfort there in his productions where he's he needs it to be 100 percent tailored to the to the viewer and you know i feel that, that's just how i feel okay <clears throat> i understand where you're yeah at from. least you understand what i mean yeah i can understand that um why were we talking about spielberg because of saving private ryan oh yes <laughs> saving private ryan yeah it's good. I mean, you know it's good. Yeah. It's great. It's got the probably the best sequence, the best war sequence of all time in it. So. And he does this thing with the tank, with the pistol. <laughs> That's I like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, good movie. Um, let's do another one. Uh, Apollo 13. Didn't see it. Did you see that one? All right. I'll just talk about it briefly. Um, it's okay. Yeah. Um. This is one that I feel like I've heard was like overhyped for a lot of people. It probably is overrated. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just Tom Hanks goes to space and they're supposed to land on the moon. They're supposed to be the second people to land on the moon after Neil Armstrong and Buzz and the other dude that nobody knows the name of. Right. <laughs> Sucks to be Imagine him. being the other dude. <laughs> Sucks to be the third guy. It's like the third guy on our podcast. Yeah. That doesn't have a mic and just sits in the corner. <laughs> Um. Yeah, and then something goes wrong. They can't land on the moon, mm-hmm. and then they have to try to make it back. Yeah. And I mean, they make it back. <laughs> Spoiler <laughs> alert! I mean, it's there's one scene that's really intense when they they're coming back. So their plan is to like go around the moon, like orbit around the moon. Oh, and like slingshot. And yeah, I guess kind of. Yeah. They're using like the thing they would use to land on the moon. They're using that to propel themselves back to Earth, and that's never they never could do that because that thing was only designed to just land on the moon. Mm-hmm. So they're like, the people back at Houston are you know trying to figure out all this stuff, and they're working really hard. And then the scene where they just do the first burn to just shoot themselves as fast as possible towards Earth, their like positioning system is like messed up. Yeah. So they don't know. So the only way they can do it is by eyeballing it like through the windows that's safe. in the thing and they have to keep like the earth and the certain point in the window and yeah. they're just like shooting and it's just like 25 seconds of like tom hanks and um i can't think there's really famous people in this movie kevin bacon mm. um and they're just like go up to the to the left yeah and it's just like really intense and then they get back and it's like yay but one scene can't save a whole movie. Right. Other than that, it's just all right. Okay. And of course, Houston, we have a problem. You know, it's got a classic line in it. But right. Eh. It was okay. It was okay. Uh, what should we talk about next? Do you have any... Do you want to talk about... You said you had something with Sully. Are, are you saving that for later? Uh, No, I mean, we can do Sully whenever. 
okay, what's what's up with Sully? What's your thing with this? I like Sully a lot. Okay. I thought Sully was really good. Yeah. It was one of the few that I watched where I was like, this is really good. I really like Sully. I Did, didn't see Sully. You didn't watch it? No. It's really good. I... <laughs> I mean, didn't this come out like a year after Captain Phillips or something? Two years, maybe? Um, I think it was a few years. Okay, yeah. Um, but it's just a really... Did you see Flight Mm-mm. with Denzel? Okay, so I can't compare. Um, it's a really emotional movie. It focuses more on... I would say it focuses more on like the people aspect rather than just yes tom hanks is the main character and he plays sully Mm -hmm. and he is on the poster very big right and he flies the plane and he lands it in the hudson river and then he is like the main focus when they're at their hearing or whatever to Mm -hmm. you know see if he done goofed um but they show like all these different storylines, like at least I mean, there's got to be like five or six like different, just like normal people, like you've never seen these actors before, right? But it's just real, like just real side stories, where you see them and you just realize these people are just normal people, just going to get on this plane to go somewhere. Like one of the groups of people, it's like two brothers and their dad, and they're like running, running, running to make the plane on time. Oh yeah, and they don't make it on time. But they're like, please, 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 we're like right here, like just let us get on, or you know. And you're like, dude, like we, because <laughs> yeah, you know what's you know gonna, it's happen. gonna happen. And they're like, and she's like, fine, I'll let you on. And they're like, oh, thank you so <sighs> much, we can get on. And then obviously, you know what happens. But it's just really emotional, especially once they land in the water. When they, it is really intense when they land the plane in the water, and then everyone is like, oh my gosh, like, and everyone's okay, and when they're getting out onto the wings of the plane and the river and stuff the way like people just like normal people are just like helping each other and like you know trying to do great things for each other it's it was really emotional for me and i got like kind of worked up i was like wow it's great how like you know people can just come together like that um and the the way they recreate the the plane on the water and when all the boats come obviously to help Mm -hmm. rescue people it's real it looks like exactly the same like when they show footage at the end of it oh that's cool it looks like literally exactly the same and i was like wow this is really cool um and it was just i don't know it was very beautiful and i liked it it's not really as much of a like character study of the tom hanks character Mm -hmm. sully i don't remember his full name it's like captain something sullinger or something like that we'll just call him sully all right um but I very much enjoyed it. And the very final line of the movie is funny and it just kinda ends kinda has an abrupt abrupt ending. They come to the conclusion that he couldn't have made it back to the airport. Right. And that was his only option to land in the water. And one of the people asks Aaron Eckhart, who's like the co pilot, they're like, Would you have done anything like differently or something than that? Something like that. And he says I would have done it in July. And then the movie just ends. <laughs> I swear. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, it's kind of funny. Um, but my thing with the connecting universe mm-hmm. comes later when we talk about another movie. Well, then talk about the other movie. Okay. Catch me if you can. Oh, right. Did you see that? No, I didn't. Okay. <laughs> so catch me if you can is Tom Hanks 
and Leonardo DiCaprio. Right. And Leonardo DiCaprio is like a dude that like pretends to be people. Okay. So he and he's really young. And this is based on a true story too apparently. Oh really? So he's really young and he like pretends to be like um Oh, he's like he's really young like 23 days old, 23 weeks. He was created like that long ago. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um and he is just like he pretends to be like a lawyer and then like he's basically the main thing is that he's forging checks. Oh, gotcha. And like basically making himself a millionaire because his dad lost all of his money to the IRS mm-hmm. and he's trying to make it back so they can go back to the old way of living like him and his dad and his mom or whatever. And Tom Hanks is a FBI, I think it's FBI agent that is like, you know, trying to track him yeah, down in pursuit. Um, and John Williams, when I, when the movie starts, there's like this really cool, um, like opening credits that I really liked. And there was this really good music to it. And I was like, I really like this music. So I look up to see who it was. It's John Williams. Williams. So yeah, of course (laughs) I was like, yeah, okay. Um, (laughs) there's a really funny joke (laughs) where Tom Hanks character is like kind of very serious and, Um, they're in the car with these dudes and these dudes are joking and they're like, ah, you never laugh or do anything. He's like, you want me to tell a joke? And they're like, yeah, yeah, tell a joke. And he's like, knock, knock. (laughs) And they're like, who's there? And then he stops for like, literally there's like a 10 second pause and then he's just like, go fuck yourself. (laughs) It's so funny. Um, Amy Adams is in this movie. Oh, cool. I didn't know it. Him, her, him, her and Leo get together in this movie. And when you talk about sexiest movie couples ever wow leonardo dicaprio and amy adams great top notch um and then it's just i think it's really it's a really fun movie i really enjoyed it of him leo just somehow always finding a way to sneak away and like do all this tricky stuff um but the part that i want to talk about that comes into connection with sully Mm mm-hmm in the end, he gets caught, obviously. Right. He gets caught, and they're riding back on a plane to America. And it's Tom Hanks and Leonardo DiCaprio, and they're just talking or whatever. Because they kind of become friends throughout the movie, and you're like, it's oh, kind of like, yeah. like a buddy, buddy thing. Yeah. And they're looking out the window. And Leo is like, oh, look. Or Leo or Tom, someone's like, Oh, look, it's LaGuardia. LaGuardia happens to be the airport that Sully left from. Okay. And Sully. That would have been the airport that he would have turned around and went back to. Why do I bring this up? Why? They're in a plane. Right. And they talk about LaGuardia. Mm-hmm. Why would they... What is the significance of him that never comes up ever again? They're just like, oh, look, it's LaGuardia over there. Oh, that's famous. This is like... 15 years before Sully comes out? So what happens? Here's my theory. The movie ends, and they end up hiring Leo's character for to work with the FBI or whatever. Okay. Tom Hanks. Works with the FBI for a while. He's like, you know what? I'm done with this. I quit. He quits. He becomes a pilot. Changes his name. Okay. 
obviously becomes Sully and then flies out of LaGuardia. Why would um, he fly out of LaGuardia, though? Because that's what happens when that happened But in real life. They flew out of LaGuardia. Oh, so you're saying it's like immediately this happened? No, 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 because Catch Me <laughs> If You Can is like the 40s or something. Right, exactly. So, yeah. I don't understand why it'd have to be LaGuardia then. It's just a coincidence. It's not a coincidence. Okay. It's the Tom Hanks connected universe. I don't know about that one. I feel like if you saw both of these movies, you would like understand. back to back. Yeah. You would understand. Okay, fine. Whatever. Also, it has a terrible well, hey, poster. Well, hey, if it makes you feel better, I think that Tom Hanks and Saving Private Ryan is Forrest Gump's dad. So. Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> if you explained it, I, I maybe I could get behind that. Well, because his dad's over there. He's always on vacation. You know, that's what the mom always says. It's like, oh, dad's on vacation. Vacation mm. is when you, you go somewhere and you never come back. So his dad was in the war and then never came back. And Forrest Gump then went to Vietnam. Okay. Okay. So what do you think about Forrest Gump? Well, when was the last time you watched it? Um, It was probably like last year. Oh, yeah? I think, yeah. It was on TV or something. This is another movie that's very well liked. And I'm not saying that it doesn't deserve it. I'll say it. <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah, go ahead. Forrest Gump is overrated. <laughs> no, yeah, I do think it's at least a, 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 a tiny bit overrated. Or at least maybe a, a regular-sized bit overrated. It's overrated. Uh, especially when you're comparing it to the other movies that were in the Oscars that year. Strashing <laughs> Redemption. Which is sad. But Tough look. Uh, Tom Hanks again doing a, a a very probably I would imagine pretty challenging performance to pull off. Like imagine every day coming in and and doing that performance, you know, for yeah. months. It's definitely it's it is one of his best. Yeah, yeah. And I just gotta say, I don't like Jenny very much. Jenny. I don't think you're supposed to like Jenny, but. <laughs> Maybe you're supposed to like her a little bit. Jenny. Man, is she a difficult person. <laughs> but, like, right? Like, she's... It's... Obviously, Forrest Gump is, is like, this beacon of good. Right? Right. He, he's, he's never... Has he ever done anything wrong other than make a faux pas socially? You know? Right. No. Uh, and then you put him up against people like Lieutenant Dan, who's, like, super flawed. You know? Mm. Uh too bad about him and his legs. Lieutenant Diane. And uh, uh, Bubba, you know, and his shrimp stuff. Bubba. But yeah, movie probably a little bit overrated. I guess what did... It's not bad. It's not bad at all. It's, it's, it's really good. It's good. It's just overrated. Yeah, overrated is not... has never meant bad. I feel like people have a problem with that. We are like, oh, Marvel movies are overrated. You hate <gasps> Marvel movies? What? What's wrong with you? No. They're just I overrated. only hate Endgame. There you go. Uh, but yeah, it's, I, again, it was a time, uh, of the time thing, but the, the edited footage, the old footage, you know, that they, they edit to make it look like he's in there you know, it doesn't hold up as well when you, when you look back on it, right, what, yeah, what can yeah. you do about that? You yeah, know, nothing you can it, do. It, it's not like it bothers me, but it's just, it's, it's a little uncanny. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Only because you see stuff like that in like YouTube videos nowadays. So it's weird seeing like, oh, that was like cream of the crop that's as good as it got and now it's like you can just look up a video like that on youtube by some guy in china you know right 
but it does make me think I wish someone needs to do that again because with like deep fake technology like you could make it look really good nowadays yes sir <laughs> like you could really pull it off but I don't know yeah Forrest Gump final verdict overrated overrated but still very good and quotable you know run Forrest run everyone loves it uh- and his son is Sora from Kingdom Hearts, so like that's cool. Yeah, duh. Everybody knows. That. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that. Forrest Gump is light. What? Uh, Polar Express. The all aboard. The Polar Express is fine. Yeah, it's fine. I, I still think the animation is really creepy. It. You're telling me. <laughs> I think it's really, really weird. Because they made, like, what? They made Polar Express. They made Mars Needs Moms, which was by far the creepiest. Mars Needs Moms. And they, they, I think they made the, the, the Scrooge one with Jim Carrey. And that's, like, it. They weren't around for a long time. Mm. But all their movies are very creepy. Tom Hanks in this movie is... He's Tom Hanks. He's fine. It's fine. I don't know. I don't even have to say about the polar express yeah sure, it's all right i liked it when i was a kid the scene where they slide on the ice with the train and then some there's a video on youtube where they have that but it's edited with the tokyo drift music mm. it's better like that i must say i think the little kid and the stupid pockets are dumb that's all i have to say about the polar express okay um bridge of spies Mm-mm. you didn't see that either no Dang, you suck. Um, Bridge of Spies was okay. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like most of the ones I saw were just okay. I don't know. It was okay. Mark Rylance is good. He won an Oscar. Good for him. Um, the bridge scene, obviously, there's a bridge and in it's the movie. made of spies. And there's a bridge of spies. There's a the scene where that happens, the climax of the movie, is good. The rest of it, I'll be honest... I fell asleep through part of it. I <laughs> That's was kind of the reason I didn't watch it. I, I didn't go out of my, like, I didn't, I don't know if you watched it. I didn't watch The Circle. No, no one wants yeah, to see I didn't, The Circle. I didn't watch Angels and Demons no. or Inferno. You know, I, I didn't care to. I had Twin Peaks to watch, which is kind of why I lost Peaks. all that. Right, yeah. Yeah, oh. I don't know. British Spies, man. It was okay. Yeah. Um, I guess I could talk about None But the Lonely Heart because you have no idea what that is. No. Because it's not a movie. It's an episode of a TV show. Oh. <laughs> it's an episode of a TV show called Tales from the Crypt. Do you know that? No. Tales from the Crypt is, in its most basic form, it's Goosebumps for adults. It's Goosebumps, oh. but there's titties and blood and good stuff. Okay. Oh, I don't know if there's titties. It was a TV show, but, you know, there's sexual themes and all that. Yeah. This was None But the Lonely Heart, which was directed by Tom Hanks. Oh, wow. And he was in it. He did both. And it's an okay episode. <laughs> I, I, it was fine. It's about this dude who marries old women and then poises them and collects the money you know so he'll yeah. take these old women he'll be like oh I, I i were i have an old soul and we were made for each other and blah blah blah, blah. and then he like poisons them and is like haha takes their money nice. and he i think he shoves he throws tom hanks into like a television set and tom hanks gets electrocuted and dies and that's that's pretty cool and at the end uh he he goes to a graveyard because he gets like an anonymous message and he thinks someone's like blackmailing him goes to the graveyard and all the decaying corpses of all the old women that he's killed like come out of the graves and like we couldn't live without you and now we can't die without you and they take him and they rip him apart and, oh geez and they all die and, you know, <laughs> okay that was a the effects there the 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 creepy 
makeup and everything was very good. So, you know, Tom Hanks, you did a pretty okay job on that one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, okay. I think that now, at least for me personally, we're in the territory of movies that I really like. Okay. Um, I guess I'll, A League of Their Own. Have you seen that? League of Their Own is a baseball movie about the female league where Tom Hanks plays a baseball player who becomes a coach for one of the female league mm-hmm. teams. And it's just, you know, about them playing. And obviously it has a very famous line. There's no crying in baseball. All right. Yeah. Um, I like I like that movie. Um, I'm a sucker for baseball, so I guess I might yeah, be kind of biased. Yeah. But I really like A League of Their Own. It's one of the better baseball movies. I don't like baseball very much. The sport, like I can watch movies about it, but the sport, eh, it's fine. You suck. It's baseball rocks. I prefer basketball. Basketball rocks too. I mean, they all rock, but if I just had to say, like, it'd be basketball, baseball, football. Mm, okay. Sure. Yeah, Whatever. Me. Why? What do you prefer? Baseball. And then? Basketball. And then? Curling? No, I'm really? not curling. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Not football? Third? I like football, but it's... I feel like there's a sport. Well, I guess if I can't think of it, then I guess probably it is, not. I guess it <laughs> yeah, is football, right? Um, so, Tom Hanks tennis, tennis. Oh yeah, tennis is cool. Anyway, uh, his performance in the League of Their Own. Yeah, it's really good. Of course. Oh right, yeah. Um, he's always great. I don't think it's one of his best. Like I'd say he's better in like Castaway in Philadelphia. And, mm. Um, but he is still good in it. It's an older movie. It's in, from like the eighties, I think. Um. It's just, you know, it's classic. He's a baseball Is it, is it like a feel-good movie? Like It is. The ending yeah. is very sweet. Good. You can get emotional, obviously. You can be like, oh, this is so sweet. And not too sweet. No, it's not too sweet. Um, yeah, League of Their Own. Good movie. I have a movie that's also pretty old. It's from 1982. Uh, it's not the first movie he was ever in because I didn't bother. But it's one of the first. It was a made-for-TV movie, and it's called... And get it's really subtle and it's very tricky. So, see if you can guess what what this title is a reference to. The title is called Mazes and Monsters. Mazes and Monsters. Dungeons and Dragons. Exactly, you got it. It's a movie about Dungeons and Dragons, but specifically Mazes and Monsters. And I'd have no idea. It's bad, by the way. It's not oh, a good okay. movie. <laughs> I mean, it's not awful, but I would I probably wouldn't recommend it actually yeah. no i definitely wouldn't recommend it but okay <laughs> I, unless you're like a huge tom hanks fan but it's about this like group of friends who uh are playing this game and tom hanks's character gets super into the game he kind of loses his mind and he thinks he is his character so he's going off in new york and he's trying to finish this quest and he he's run away and all of his friends are trying to find him and like there's a scene where he's like in a subway talking to a homeless man and he's like Prithee, good sir, who, uh, who are you? And he's like, I'm, I'm the, uh, I'm a rat man. He's like, you're the king of rats, and he bows or whatever. It's kind of a funny scene, <laughs> but it, it, it's kind of just bizarre. Every scene without Tom Hanks is kind of boring for the most part because mm. he's playing such a bizarre character. The other guys are just normal people, right? Yeah. Um, and it ends with him going to the top of the World Trade Center which was actually really cool to see footage of the World Trade Center in this movie. Okay, yeah. Um, It ends on the top of it, and his whole thing is he needs to jump off to, like, 
get to like a certain realm or whatever but obviously it's not real they have to convince him and the movie ends with them convincing him to come down and then he just stays crazy and he just like lives with his parents for for the rest of his life oh nice good for him and he's just still crazy forever i'm like that's kind of sad and i i guess the movie saying don't play dungeons and dragons dang even though all the main characters three out of four of them are normal and healthy and actually one of them's like the smartest kid in the school nice but i don't know man don't i don't I bother won't. i'm not gonna check it <laughs> yeah. out i've already forgot about it right um i only have two two things left so if you have anything more before we do toy story and captain phillips no that's all i have which one you want to do first i feel like we should do captain phillips first all right here we go captain phillips it's the best tom hanks movie it's the best tom hanks performance it's the best paul greengrass movie it's the best i love captain phillips this movie rocks yeah i hmm i think i'd have to agree on like all points Uh, the movie is really good it's so easy to watch you know it's so easy to just catch any scene and then just watch the rest of the movie so entertaining you know uh uh very uh engaging film it's literally like it starts off you see um the character he plays captain phillips and he's like doing whatever on his computer he goes to his boat and then they get on the boat and then literally like right after they get on the boat boom we're in somalia the pirates are getting ready to go raid the ship boom 10 minutes later they're raiding the ship they're trying to get on they're doing the defenses they're putting hooking the hoses up Oh my gosh, what's going to happen? They have to back off. They wait. They come back. One of the hoses malfunctions. They find a way. They get up. They get in. Mm-hmm. When when they get in the boat, the movie is literally off the rails. Right. It's so intense. The last 20 minutes when he's in the lifeboat thing and they're all in there and they're trying to go back to Somalia and they have the snipers on yeah. the aircraft carrier trying to get a good angle on all three of the pirates in there. And woo! I mean, the movie oh basically, my. it's nonstop once it starts. You oh, know, it's, it, it's, it's tension, tension, tension. And I mean, we talked about the movie before. We talked about Barkhad Abdi, you know, yes. and, and his it's performance. his first performance ever. Yeah, the, the movie is very well done. It's It it does feel very real, you know, like oh, it's, the it's, and very threatening. It's like, yes, I just feel like you can really empathize with the characters being the, this position where it's like these aren't military guys. Yeah, they're just. They're just, Boat they're dudes. literally just dudes, you know, yeah, like dudes. they could be your dad, you know, Exactly. Um, and they're being put in this situation and uh, uh, a, be- a believable turn from Tom Hanks from being like very afraid, you know, like very afraid, but, but staying kind of staunch at times and, yeah. and uh, uh, coming around on the situation. It's great. <laughs> yeah. And it's got, look at me, look at me. I am decaptain. I, I believe I saw this movie, like, right when it came out. I saw it in theaters, and I knew nothing about it. I went in totally blind at the time. And uh, it was it was such a surprise. Because I think the the only thing was, like, oh, Tom Hanks. I'll go see it. Mm. And it was such a shock to be like, wow, this is it's so good. great. You know? I love Captain Phillips. Especially. Also, I will it is a crime. Tom Hanks was not nominated for an mm-hmm. Oscar for this movie, which is a crime against humanity. Yeah. And should be punishable by death. Um, aside from that, the final scene after they kill the pirates and you're like, wow, <laughs> I can finally breathe for the first time right. in an hour and 45 minutes. And then he goes 
in with the doctor to sit down and the doctor's doing like the checkup and then you literally just start crying because it's so emotional his performance of the trauma that he's been through Mm -hmm. is just so emotional and it gets me literally every time because it's him coming to the realization of what actually happened what has just happened you know uh yeah it's 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 powerful and yeah it's one it's my favorite piece of acting that he's ever done yeah and yeah i love captain phillips if you haven't seen captain phillips literally what are you doing yeah like i just buy a blu-ray right now like you don't even have to see it first you'll like it you'll want it (laughs) you know just just get it yes yes so that leaves us one saga left that we're going to talk about here kassart guys guys neither of us saw the green mile oh yes this we're it's so long and we we were busy i'll see it we will if we ever see it we'll talk about it in our weeks you know no need to worry but we've got toy story left and let's no need to go in specifically to any of them except for maybe four we could uh, say which ones of our favorites oh sure which one are you gonna rank them what's up i'm gonna rank them okay toy story 3 is the best toy story movie okay and then toy story one is the second best okay and then toy story two and then toy story four is the worst one but it's still good i like toy story four mm-hmm. um but I, I would say two and one they could depends what day it is oh i totally disagree i not totally i totally disagree on that i think three and one can switch any day but nah. I still think three is the best. Three is unstoppable. I think three is the best, then one, and they can switch maybe, and then two, and then four. Yeah, so we got the So same, we actually do agree, except I like one more than you do. Um, Yeah, they're all good. The main the main thing that I was for that you totally disagreed with uh, when, when we saw it was that it's a Woody movie and not a Woody and Buzz movie. Which like one? Four. Yes. Where it's like... The first three, it was Woody and Buzz. They were the main characters. Mm. And the fourth one, it's just Woody. And Buzz is just as important as, like, Ham. <laughs> Literally, he's, like, barely in it. Yeah, and I that really disappointed me overall with the film. And I I think that's one of the main reasons why it's my least favorite. Because it's so Woody-centric. But, I don't know. I guess it made sense for the movie. Yeah. I just I, wish he could have been incorporated better. Oh, yeah, it also felt like it didn't really add much, I would say, to the series. Right. Because... The way three ends where they all go to the new girl, that's like a perfect ending. Yeah. For it's like an trilogy. epilogue movie, you know? Yeah. That's ba- that's what Maybe. it feels like. I don't know. I just felt weird because like, remember Keanu Reeves' character, like the Canadian stunt <laughs> racer? Like, I thought his character was funny and I liked seeing him in it, but yeah. I was like, Buzz could have done what he did. Right, yes. Buzz did stuff like that in the earlier movies. Like, mm. he didn't need to invent this character, even though I liked him. I was like, he could have been something for Buzz to do. Right. And they make him, he's like an idiot. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know. Toy Story 4 just does Buzz dirty. Okay? It really does. So, I don't know. That's how I feel about that. That's okay. Um, But the rest of them are great. Yeah, the rest of them, fantastic. And um, Tom Hanks, since, you know, he is the spotlight. Right. Um, I don't know. It's either him or Tim Allen. Obviously, since they're like the two main, right? I don't. They both bring great charisma to their characters, mm-hmm. and um, I just really like what they do. With I mean, it's just their voices; they don't have much to work with, um, but they really bring 
these inanimate objects to life and they're it's very good it's very believable and yeah yeah they're good actors is what you're saying yeah they're good actors <laughs> they're good at what they do they're doing yeah, they're, it um a few years ago i don't know like what five years ago or something like that by now yeah um we were lucky enough to actually go to a little event where tom hanks was speaking and it was a it was invite only yeah all right it was very very exclusive very exclusive and uh luckily for you we we do have a the stagler exclusive you know we'll play a little sound bite for you yeah, here the clip the clip we'll maybe link it on our twitter maybe tweet a, the video out or something for you to watch later if you want to see the video as well yes. but we'll play the audio for you right now uh just the context this is tom hanks he was talking about he got asked a question about uh, voice acting for the toy story movie specifically mm. and just what that process is like and uh yeah roll the clip on this roof right away come on guys we gotta get down for this roof right away come on guys we gotta get down for this roof right away come on guys we've got to get down from the roof right away we gotta get down from the roof right away So you'll do that, you'll do that for 20 times, rep repetitions, trying to get the most, the appropriate thing out of the line, and then you'll hear, yeah, that's great, Tom. <laughs> if, if you could add kind of like a melancholy quality to it. Yeah, sure. Oh, come on, guys, we got to get down from the roof right away. Come on, guys, we got to get down from so you do that, and that's for one line. <laughs> and, and you have 40 pages of dialogue that you have to go through. So the answer to, what's his, what's his name's question? It's, it's hell on planet Earth. <laughs> and you can't wait for your five-hour session to finally be done, knowing that in another six months they'll call you back and you'll be doing the same, same thing again. That, that's what the Toy Story movies are, are like. Now, you end, up, you end up supplying them with a very, a big library of blank, you know, just, just stuff that, uh, that they can use, elements, and then they end up doing absolute, absolute magic to it. So there's no doubt about that. But I will tell you, it's, it is the hardest work I've ever done. What a great guy. I mean... He's the best. <laughs> like, it, it really is like listening to the, to the audio there. <laughs> Uh, just he really knows how to work a crowd, you know, because it's just him in, sitting in front of the stage and he's getting everyone laughing and everything. Yep. Uh, it's really good just presentation from him. Uh, you know, it's funny because I guess I've never really met any famous people before other than like athletes, you know, being in an arena or whatever. And yeah. I mean, I don't really count that too much. Mm -hmm. But I always was like, I, I was never starstruck by anybody before that idea of meeting a celebrity never appealed to me yeah but when tom hanks did actually walk out onto the stage you're like back then, i was like that's actually tom, that's hanks. tom hanks you know it does get you a little bit yeah. like that is him you know and then to actually hear him answer our questions uh that we got to ask him you know that was well, well yes that's a story for another day about the questioning <laughs> that he received i don't think we're ever gonna tell that story but uh He's he's a really good guy. He loves typewriters. 
What a cool thing. He really do. He really do be loving typewriters. Yeah. He well, has lots. I remember there was one thing that he said. He took us all off guard, I think. But he was talking about how he's really bummed out about missing a, a certain role or something like that. Like, he auditioned for a part and he didn't get it. And he it really put him in a slump for a while. And the I'm pretty sure the exact words that he used, or almost exact, was like, guys, if you ever get bummed out, if, if some effort doesn't go your way, you know, and you, you kind of get kicked back and you take a few steps back, you know, take a day to mope, you know, two maybe days to just kind of be sad, three at the maximum. But after that, don't be a pussy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and he said that in the room just erupted into laughter. Like, who would imagine him right. saying that? <laughs> um, and, and that totally caught us off guard. And <laughs> I don't know. Three days maximum. Um, yeah. Get over it. Get over it. And, you know, I, I take that. I've, I've held on to that advice, you know. You yes, know don't let too. stuff mess with you too much so uh mr t hanks thank you for that that little t- tidbit you know we appreciate you and good luck to uh you and your wife and all your future endeavors yeah um we hope that we can see you in movies for many more years oh i didn't mention this because i don't know if you were aware but do you know the woman do you remember the other couple from sleepless in seattle Remember when uh, oh, man. Tom Hanks, they were talking about the Dirty Dozen and they were like crying. He's like, when he's throwing the grenades down the air shaft. Oh, remember yeah, 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 yeah. The woman in that scene, who is the other guy's wife, is Tom Hanks' real life wife. Real life wife. Yeah, that, that was actually that they really? were together at the time. Very and cool. they're still together. Yes. So I, I thought that was very sweet. It's more sweetness in a movie that has too much of it. Mm. <laughs> yeah. We did it. Yeah, we did it. We did do it. That was... We talked about Tom Hanks. And Tom Hanks is a cool guy. We did it. We'll He's have him great. on the show soon. We'll get him in the studio. Yeah. We can talk to him directly. Mm-hmm. That'll be soon. Yeah. Not next episode, but... <laughs> maybe the one after. Maybe the one after, maybe. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll have our We're really backed up. People. We got... I mean, We've Leo got wants to get on. Oscar Isaac said Ever- was talking about it. I mean, Spielberg. Yeah, I know. At- we're really backed up here, but we'll we'll get around to it eventually. We'll get to him. We'll get to him. You're you're there. Uh, so we have an email. Do you remember do. what the email is, guys? We have an email. The Stagler Pod at Gmail dot com. Wonderful. You can send anything you want. Literally, well, not anything. Well, yes. Just keep certain things to yourself. You can ask questions. If you want your stuff to be read about on the air, you should ask a question. Yes. And if you, the likelihood will increase if it's about a movie, but it doesn't necessarily have to be about a movie. Sure. But we actually have a question that came in. We did. Thank you for sending in a question. Yeah, we've, we very um, much appreciate it. And uh, it goes... Very exciting. It starts, sup, Nick. So I guess this is for you and not for me. Great. (laughs) I got two questions for you and not me. One, I know you don't mind subtitles, so I assume most anime you do, in fact. First off, I do mind subtitles. I hate everything. Okay. So I assume most anime you do, in fact, watch in Japanese. I do. Is that true? That would be correct. I do watch most anime in sub. Are there any cases where you prefer the English dub? Okay, here's the th- here's the deal. 
I'll start it off by saying no. Okay. Great. There is not another show where I prefer the dub over the sub. That's a very exciting answer. But there are certain dubs that I do think are good. Mm-hmm. Um, examples would be uh, Cowboy Bebop mm-hmm. and Full Metal Alchemist. But I would still prefer the Japanese with the subtitles over those. But... Another but. Okay, two buts. In Naruto, there are a few characters where I actually do prefer the dub over the sub. And that would be Orochimaru in the dub, I think, is better Okay. than in the sub. And um, Jiraiya. Jiraiya, yeah. Jiraiya's voice actor is very good in the dub. What about Guy Sensei? Yeah, that would be another I, one. I like I like his voice. <laughs> Great job, Lee. Great job, Lee. I, the power <laughs> of youth. <laughs> yeah, he he does a really good job of that. Um, yeah. So there's a few in Naruto. There's a lot of good that I would voice enjoy. actors in the English dub of Naruto. Though, like yes. Yuri Lowenthal as Sasuke, right? Um, the guy who does Gara, he's super famous. I forget his. I don't know his name off the top of my head, but uh, he does a really good job as well. Sand coffin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Liam O'Brien, is that his name? I don't know. Maybe oh, don't uh, don't quote me on that. Um, so yeah, that would be my answer to that question. Well, I wasn't asked this question, but I'm gonna answer it anyway. Yeah, and I actually do prefer the Cowboy Bebop dub over the sub. Boo. But to be fair, Boo. I haven't actually watched all of it in the sub. I've only what watched parts of it. In this, well, because I mean, I'm gonna watch the show again eventually, and when I watch it again entirely. I will watch it totally subbed, but I watched some scenes subbed and the whole thing dubbed, and I prefer the dub in that case. Okay. Um, and then the other one is one that I think is kind of interesting because I don't know anybody who prefers the sub for this anime, and that's uh, Dragon Ball. I like I haven't I don't know one person who's like oh yes I love the sub of Dragon Ball way more than the dub. <laughs> Most people it's like oh I watch the sub because I want to keep current. Yeah. But I much prefer the dub and I'd have to agree. I don't watch Dragon Ball so I right. have no opinion. I don't keep up with Dragon Ball but I do I do watch enough of it. And uh so you don't know this about the sub for Dragon Ball but uh Goku is sounds like a grandma because goku is voiced by a grandma <laughs> so it's a very jarring thing to go from the english one you know he has this very powerful voice and then he goes ah, you know voice nice. in the japanese one and that's one i think it's an interesting case because almost everyone's like yeah the english dub is is where it's at for that one you know dub dub and uh there's also a uh, he mentions it in the email here but there's also another dub that is very interesting uh, you know about it. I do know about this. It's called Ghost Stories, the anime. And this was an anime. It's kind of in the veins of Scooby-Doo. Like, take Scooby-Doo and make it an anime. Sure. Right? Yeah. Well, because it's a group of kids. They've got a talking cat. You know. Yeah. It kind of fits. And in Japan, it was played very straight. It was like a more of a drama, and it didn't do very well. No. Not so good. when they took it over to America, they're like, guys... You can like spruce the script up a bit if you want. And, oh boy, did they! And they were like, "You you sure?" Like, yeah, just you know, do whatever as, as long as you keep it basically the same. 
they're like so you mean the plot is has to be based and they're like yeah okay i went all right okay bet and guys the dub this is the official dub for this anime it's the best it's i mean nowadays it's pretty out there it would not be looked upon favorably it's very Um, it's so funny though it's very raunchy very juvenile um (laughs) please watch it it is it's on youtube yeah look just look up a compilation of stuff and you'll know by the very first clip if it's gonna be the type of thing to make you laugh because you're either gonna laugh or you're gonna be disgusted yes (laughs) you know um but yeah it's such a trip because it's the official dub it's not a fan dub yep this this is is officially what america got for this anime yep and when you put it into that perspective it's it makes it all the more funnier it is so funny like i don't even know if we could play a clip just because it's so it's probably (laughs) just better it's better to not yeah just yeah, yeah go go see it look, look it up on youtube you'll find it right off the bat right, right right ghost stories dub there you go and yeah there's compilations all over i think is it i don't know if it's on a streaming service anywhere if you can watch it anywhere i don't know i want to say it is because i was watching it like a year ago i actually started like watching every episode and uh it it is really a trip it's very good so now we're in the final part of our show here. You know what time it is. You know what time it is. Why don't you hit me with it first? Okay. I want to say, firstly. Okay. I'm going to spare you and everybody that listens to this the pain and suffering of me reading this one review. That is literally, I had to take four screenshots Okay. To read it. That's how wow. long it is. I'm not gonna read it. Good. Um, just know, it's a catch me if you can one, and it's this. The title of it is "God Save Us from the Spielberg Touch." Okay. Wow. I'm not gonna read it, but just just know. Okay. Here is mine. Mine kind of gives it away, so this kind of sucks. You just said it was Catch Me If You Can one. Yeah, no, the real one. Oh. That was one that I wasn't going to read because it's, like, too long. I thought you meant we wouldn't read all of it. No, I'm not going to read any of it. It, It's – okay, fine. I'll give a synopsis. The guy watched 10 minutes of the movie and walked out of the theater, and this is his review of it. (laughs) And it's It's literally, like – Yeah, it's so long. I swear. And it's longer than the the script that he saw play out. He says, this is the first sentence of it. I lasted about 10 minutes in this gym before running from the theater in disgust. (laughs) What? That's, that's, uh, whatever. Okay. And this review that I actually am going to read seems to be, this is just one that I chose out of just a sea of basically people saying the exact same thing about this movie here we go <laughs> back to film school with, with you green grass green. i understand it may be his thing as a director to film every single shot in a handheld fashion but it makes captain phillips an incredibly unpleasant and frustrating thing to watch there is simply That's, so no we did this. <laughs> excuse not to use a tripod we the same one none at all it is pathetic how this pointless and infantile fad spreads to other films too. No, I no, keep going. This one's yours. <laughs> Don't waste your time or money on this garbage. 
there are far more sensible things you could be seeing. Sorry, Greengrass, but it seems you've still got a lot to learn about the fundamentals of filmmaking. The use of a tripod being your biggest oversight. One out of ten. It's on a boat. For one. So even if you use a tripod... (laughs) It's on a boat. It's very tough. That, again, and I since I was looking at the same things as you, I even picked this. I had two because I was afraid that we would both pick this one because of... What the heck? I, I You had to scroll like so far to find that one. I know. <laughs> of course we found the same but one. But I, I have another one and I have a problem with the other one. Okay. Um, But this... I, the one that I hate about this one is how holier than thou this one comes off as oh boy here this we guy go. knows so much more what's up give it to me no i was talking about the one we just read oh yeah i thought you were talking about the no the one we just read he's like he knows so oh, much yeah. better he's than. Like, oh Green i know Red. all about filmmaking and this very well decorated director knows nothing yeah yeah now this the problem with idiot. this other one i have is i forget what movie it's for oh ooh, it'll just be like a mystery then let's do it no see but if I can figure it because out. because re I'm pretty sure this is for, for Captain Phillips. Read it. Worst movie of this year. I really hated this movie. Give me, give me my money back, please. From the start to the end, this was awful. Although some of Hank's previous movies are even worse, for instance, The Da Vinci Code. The so pre-Da Vinci Code, or post-Da Vinci yeah, Code. Yeah, the love story was unbelievable. Who would love Tom Hanks? Oh, I think this is Forrest Gump. Yeah, I was saying there's no, there's no love story. Who would love Tom Hanks' character? The part with the goat was also totally out of place. The goat. I mean, I like goats in most movies, but this just felt wrong. (laughs) 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 What? The best scene in the movie was the end credits. I really enjoyed them. Some of the best end credits in a long time. And why was the movie so long? They should... Wait. It, It felt like I actually went on an airplane and traveled around the world. The movie should have been set on a spaceship that would have cut the travel and runtime considerably in the movie into a short film. What? This is a... Like, I... This... What is that guy talking about? I don't know what this guy is talking about. (laughs) Is this some kind of cut of the movie that I never saw? Like, I don't... And again, one out of ten, because of course. The part with the goat. Right. I don't... Did you... Did any of the movies that you watch have a goat in them? No. Again, all the movies I watched, none of them had a goat. Is there a goat in Captain Phillips that I'm missing? Like when they're in Somalia? I don't know. Maybe. But what did they do with... I don't remember a goat ever. I don't either. This is why... um... So it makes me think that maybe this guy clicked on the wrong movie (laughs) and left a review for the wrong... But he still says Tom Hanks. Right. So it has to be a Tom Hanks movie. So it's like, which is the Tom Hanks movie with the goat? Guys, if you know the Tom Hanks movie with the goat... Email us. Email us and tell us. The Stagler Pod. Give us a timestamp and, and we'll figure it out. Anyway. <laughs> that guy's such a weirdo. We talked about a goat today, and that was Tom Hanks. The goat. Right. Yeah, maybe. That is a bold statement. I was just making it funny. He's, you know, he's pretty good. <laughs> he's good, yeah. He's a good actor. And that's basically the end of the show. But, guys... Next fortnight, what's going on, Nick? You need to know what's going on, guys, because next episode, we're going to be 
we're going to be talking about something big. What's Some, that? Something real big. And it's not Hodor's genitals. Mm. That's for sure. He's got the blood of the giants in him. <laughs> he does. <laughs> we're going to be talking about Game of Thrones. The show, predominantly. The show. We're going to be talking about a year later because... Um, by the time the next episode comes out, it will be right around the time of the series finale that happened last year that had fans in a frenzy. In a, oh man, it was tough. Yes. I'm sure you've heard about the ending of Game of Thrones. We're going to talk about it. We're going to say this year later, if you've never seen it, is it worth it? Is it to worth it? To hop on the Game of Thrones train to watch it. Is it worth it to check it out? Who knows? We'll figure that out next episode. Yeah, we will. Until next time. This has been The Stagler.